Okay, so we're live. So, uh, Cheerios. Mm. Oi. Cheerios, my friend. Swallow till we cheers. <laughs> it's actually just water, guys. <laughs> cheers. We had a long good. day. Another really long day. We just another, can't. We just can't stop. <laughs> we just cannot stop. We're in a new recording location. Yes. Studio. Yeah, as you can tell, it's a little bare. But uh, so we're kind of in the middle of transition here. We didn't even get to hang up our Monero Topia, but we have it on in the background. That's what you're seeing. As you can see the, the purple traditional light. Yeah, the <laughs> traditional lighting. So we have the we have the mood. We have the right setting. But we, yes, we have the mood. So what's the plan tonight? We're going to try to. I just want to make sure everyone's hearing us because okay. uh, we had issues. Well, we didn't have issues, but it said we were having issues. But I think, okay, everyone's saying yes. Thanks, guys. All right. Um, yeah, so the plan is to uh, stream our uh, Monero MMA Fighters match. So, so he's supposed to log on. To come on? Um, he said, I mean, our time, because we're East Coast, so 11 to 12. So someone will jump on at some point to uh, stream it. That we're basically waiting on them. Okay, so hopefully that happens. Yes, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> and I guess the other aspect of the show was we were going to try to do an atomic swap yes. live on air. I don't know if that's happening either. Right? Um. Yeah, we'll see. We have a uh, uh, either Seth or Sean. Okay. Um. That uh, that might join us to try to. I see Sean's on. Yes, he is. I see Arctic Mine. I see Arctic Mine. I see Rotten Wheel. Oh boy, Rotten Wheel. Uh, <laughs> Rotten Wheel. We're not gonna lie. We we got a lot of uh, blowback from the last time. Feedback. <laughs> okay, feedback maybe is a better word, but yeah. it was uh, there was some pushback from the community. People were a little upset that we had you on, so uh, we're not gonna lie about that. I don't. I mean, we went over this last time. We uh, love everyone. You know, we give. We love everyone. <laughs> Anytime we've met you in person, it's been amazing. But uh, we you've, you've done apparently you've done some things that have really upset some people in the community that we also uh, have a lot of respect for. And you're putting us in a difficult situation. I right? know, you're putting us in a difficult situation. So I don't know. We may have to hold off and bring you on, man, and talk offline a little bit and try to figure that out. I think some apologies are owed, and I don't know. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't want to make those apologies. So I'm not, not forcing you to do anything. But that being said, uh, you know we have to show respect to others in the community that were upset with your actions. So that's where we're at, man. I, I know. I don't know. This difficult is a situation. very difficult situation because we heart everyone. So, yeah, Rotten Wheel, I think we're going to have to ask you to sit this one out, man. And uh, we will talk about it offline. I really, I really hate to be, be that, be that guy, but you, right. It's, it, it's, yeah, it's a difficult situation. And we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out offline, but we have to respect the, you know, the wishes of, of others in the community who, who we trust, uh, who we're friends with and who said that you've, mistreated them so it would be you know we'd be disrespecting those people so we'll have to figure this out and because the last thing we want to do is step on toes so 
Yeah, we love and respect everyone. And we just want to make sure this is a platform where we can all all just be friends. Yeah. And so maybe we could work it all out. But I think it's better if we probably talk it out offline, right? Yeah, we'll talk about it offline. Okay. Um, with that being said. Want to bring uh, Arctic Mine on and Sean? Let's do that. Hello. Hello there. How do you do? Well, I've been doing well. Also a bit busy. We just uh, finished uh, a few days ago with our uh, first phase of a presentation to the EU Commission on a response on anti-money laundering. Of all things. Yes, I saw that. That was uh, quite a piece you guys put together. Pretty com very comprehensive. Well, thank you. <laughs> Something oh, fun. Right. <laughs> you you want to uh, you want to quickly summarize the the thrust of that there? Maybe we could. Uh... Well, I mean, it's sort of a, a a trend of what has been going on with monetary policy, but also with groups like uh, Comply First, and of course the uh, Perkins Coy paper. It's been a, a, a an ongoing engagement with regulators and across various particular with respect to anti-money laundering issues and how it impacts Monero or could prevent impacts Monero. We focus, of course, a lot on the question of um, blockchain surveillance or or um, chain analysis or, or KYT, you know your transaction, primarily on this one, because the focus of that particular sub was on public partner, sorry, public partner, uh, public-private partnerships. And so that's an area where it came into in that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the concerns that we have expressed, of course, is that there are serious problems with the way this has been implemented, of course, and some of the conclusions that are reached and the fact that it's proprietary and so on. And quite interestingly, uh, it has an impact. It's going to have a big impact, I think, on atomic swaps, and in particular when you incre incl include atomic swaps and taproot on Bitcoin. This is going to get really interesting. I saw your post there, but what do you, yes. what do you mean? What do you mean? This is going to have a big impact on that on on atomic swaps. Well, basically, Taproot. The thing about privacy technologies, and it doesn't matter whether you just do it in Monero or you do it in this case, multi-chain, is that the the whole is always greater than the sum of its parts. So, if you were to take Taproot, for example, in isolation in Bitcoin. Well, you know, I mean, if you're somebody who just does regular Bitcoin transactions, it's not a big deal. If you take atomic swaps by itself, I mean, again, it's the same thing. But now when you start combining them, this is when you get this cumulative impact. And so what happens is if you have a situation where a very significant number of transactions on the Bitcoin blockchain could potentially be an atomic swap with Monero, and you can't really tell from the Bitcoin blockchain that this even happened, I mean, the ramifications are quite significant for privacy on Bitcoin. And uh, and that has real implications for something like um, uh, chain analysis or blockchain surveillance or all these models that these companies are building. So this is where the, the so one by itself doesn't do it, but it's the cumulative effect in, with privacy that really builds up. And, and that's, I think, where I see a very interesting scenario developing. Right. And uh, the bottom line being... Um chain analysis companies ultimately won't be able to see 
or know when Bitcoins are being swapped into Monero and vice versa because the, the transaction wouldn't really be noticeable compared to other types of Bitcoin transactions. Well, so for example, they wouldn't know if it went into Lightning Network, was it maybe liquid, was it maybe a swap or something else, was it some kind, was it a, a script running a coin join? I mean, they have no idea what it could have been. Or it's just a just an A to B transaction, or or maybe a multi sig transaction, or it could be so many different things, and and so this is the kind of thing that so and even if it happened, but even more interesting, we won't know when it happened, where it happened, on the Bitcoin blockchain, where it shows up on the Monero blockchain, if it gets moved back into Bitcoin again, well, where it's going to pop up there, I mean, so you have all these unknowns. And it really complicates enormously, in my opinion, the, the whole impact of doing chain analysis or blockchain surveillance or KYT, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we, we should make clear that th this is something that we're expecting to happen with the Farcaster implementation of Bitcoin to Monero atomic swaps, right? This is this uh, commit the, using a, a different type of uh, way of swapping, correct? No, they're still using scripts on Bitcoin. What's that? They're still using scripts on Bitcoin. The whole scripting has to take place on Bitcoin. Right. So the minute you hide those Bitcoin scripts, then you're, you're actually going to end up with this scenario. What Taproot does is it hides the scripts on Bitcoin. Right, right. But I'm, I'm saying Farcaster, that implementation mm -hmm. is going to... Uh, utilize this this new tech that's being implemented into Bitcoin, right? And commit cur currently, the commit implementation does not utilize that. Well, it isn't on Bitcoin yet, and I think it goes live on Bitcoin in November. Okay, right. So, so uh, but I don't see why commit cannot be modified to take advantage of Taproot. Okay, right. Gotcha. I mean, uh, right now it's not happening, but. Uh, I mean, you're scripting on the Bitcoin uh, blockchain. That's what you're doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, say so, it. Yeah. But well, we have I'm probably going to have some experts on on here who can comment on that more specifically. But uh, yeah, yeah, we got we got some other people on here. Um, we wanted to try to do a live demo of an atomic swap to you know BTC to XMR. Uh, maybe Sean on Sean. Yeah, Sean. He's on mute. Oh, hello. hello. Hey, let's go, man. <laughs> I see we got. I see we got the fight. Is that? The yeah, fight I don't know. I know. I'm trying to figure this out. Trying to zoom in. You got a lot oh, going right. on tonight. Yeah, I know. Trying to figure this out. Let's see. It's late over here in New York, guys. I don't know. I don't know where everybody else is. We, oh, we had a long I... day. We're at the beach. Yep. It's been a long day. Oh wait, this one. Okay, there you go. Oh, Valley Series Six. John mm, Rule. Okay. Uh, I don't know who's recording it. Hi, can you hear me? Can they hear us? They, they I don't know. Mute. Let me see if I can. Oh, hi. Yeah, we can see it. Hey. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Come in a little closer. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but it's exciting. I know. Hey, man. Hello. Yeah, I think it's uh. 
a woman Is actually there... she like waved oh, okay. she, yeah like she turned around so i don't know what's going on but i guess we'll, we'll hold off on that I don't yeah think... i don't know if the the fights i don't think our guy's going up there yet right? no i don't think so okay. i mean we can can't really tell <laughs> yeah, just uh, put that on on mute for a sec. Yeah, it's let's on mute. Anyway, Sean, what were you saying? Yes, hello. Hello, hello. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm talking to you from uh, my backup computer because, as we do with uh, any software that's going out, we always have uh, certain problems on different operating systems. Unfortunately, the computer that I was working with, where I was, that I was setting up for the atomic swap, is no longer functioning. Oh no! So, uh, yeah. Oh well. Yeah, that's that's life. Uh, software <laughs> development. You know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Oh no! So we probably won't be able to show the demo. Unfortunately, no. Not right okay. Did you did you were you able to try one yet yourself personally, or is that oh, going to be your first shot? Oh yes, I was actually I was doing some earlier actually yesterday. So okay. Uh, unfortunately, getting it all set up pre uh, pre cached and everything on this computer that I can uh, that actually has my ability to have the second monitor on it that just didn't work. All right. Well, we'll we'll try again another time. So, what what was the atomic swap process like for you? What was the what was the process? Oh, for my case, I was just uh, testing between two separate instances. Uh, I have a in my case, I had a, some StageNet BTC and XMR from the StageNet, and with that, if you have one instance set up, you can quickly go through the swap uh, UI. Uh, what you need is both sides need to have a separate swap UI set up that the person who's doing the money uh, market making uh, is a person who has the XMR. And, uh, this is, by the way, this is with a commit system. The uh, Farcaster and the other swaps are not available for really prime time readiness right now. But there's a couple of people right now uh, where some recent posts by a couple of people showing that they're actually going live on production, not with stage net and test net, but actually live production with real Bitcoin and real XMR and able to do this swap. But the protocol right now is set yourself up as a market maker, uh, maker and establish how much XMR you currently are going to sell in the BTC price you'd like to have. Um, you can try to um, associate that in a lock where you say, this is the amount that I'm willing to um, sell everything for, for this particular XMR. And then the other side provides the exact amount of BTC. It's um, actually very specific. Even if it's off by like one Satoshi in the amount that, ha that somebody suggests, it, it won't work correctly. So um, it's very sensitive right now. I guess in the future, as the UI develops, there can be a little bit better um, change in, say, what's the ratios and what's what you're really to put and hold and things like that. But the current setup and the way it exists right now with that, without Taproot is you have to start everything from the XMR side. Um, once you have that going, once you say, here's the amount that I'm willing to sell you, and I want this amount of BTCs and Satoshi back, you then actually commit communicate over an RPC. Uh, usually it's going to be communicating over Tor and you can have two random strangers commit to that particular transaction and the atomic transaction will go on behind the scenes. So uh, you just basically fire it and forget it. After the XMR person sets the whole thing up, you say all the, re all, the de um, all the details. The other side, the market committer will then, using the same UI, go and say, I want to accept this particular transaction and commit to it and the communication starts. And and so wait, you use you use commit or you use Farcaster? I'm using commit right now. I think right. it's, yeah, Farcaster is just not ready yet. Yes. So um, from this side, everything's in the XMR as the uh, market making. Gotcha, than the BTC. gotcha. Very very exciting. And but you're saying you think you think we could expect the the Farcaster implementation to be live soon as well? 
Well, they have a separate communication system that I haven't been following right now. So I know of some of the people who are talking about that, but I've just been on the commit side almost exclusively right now because they have, they're kind of integrated with the rest of the communication systems we have for Monero. They're on Matrix and everything. So it's easy to follow them. Okay. Very exciting stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we, we could try another time to actually, you know, demo and show people. Um, maybe Sean, when you get your, when you get, yeah, uh, when you get up and running, or we'll get somebody else on here to do it. Uh, it would be cool to just, you know, let people see it. You know, um, see what what it actually looks like and what's in, what's involved. Uh, I haven't tried it yet. I don't. I'm not technically savvy enough to really give it a go. So I'd rather have somebody else come on and and do it um there's a we, question here oh we got a question okay yeah. does anybody know if the atomic transaction can be stopped by a third party no that's that's the that's the magic of it it's uh you know it's essentially unstoppable in that regard uh there's no third party involved right it's technically called what's it's called a multi-party computation so unless somebody is able to find in block tor on either the two sides that's pretty much it it's going to go through no matter what and even then and Uh, we lost just Sean. This is a pure. Oh, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Got you. Yep. Yep. Okay. Good. Uh, this is a pure atomic swap. So even if somebody were to close your Tor channel for your MPC, it still won't matter. Everything will roll back to right where you were at the beginning, and no one will lose anything. So the worst thing case somebody could do is just grief you, but even that's incredibly difficult to do. So yeah, this is this is pure. It's perfect. I'm sorry. The worst thing they could do is what? Oh, the worst thing somebody can do is grief you by trying to prevent the transaction from happening. But even then, everything just rolls back and you're no harm, no foul. The worst right. case scenario is you'll lose the, the uh, transaction fees, which isn't going to be much in this case. How is it that they would try to prevent you from doing it, though? Um, well, the protocol itself currently, the commit system, because it's, it's brand new and the UI is pretty um, pretty. A uh, little bit glitchy. Somebody can just start spamming false transactions through that. But even if they do that, again, it's atomic, so you won't really lose anything. People can falsely claim to have some information or some BTC on one side or falsely set up a transaction and spoof everything and then just not go through with it. So it's all just maybe a kind of like denial and griefing attacks, but you'll never be able to lose anything no matter what. They never lose value in this case. Isn't this a case of um, the type of attacks you can launch against all? Like DDoS attacks against all? He's saying DDoS attacks. Distributed denial of service attacks against all, yes. That's basically the, the only main attack that exists right now, is to take out the commit server itself try to block it with um like a tor ddos attack or something like that just mm -hmm. yeah okay and so those are what we can do is simply switch over to some other service and that's that's all just a regular ddos attack but very it's unlikely to occur because um anytime this goes into a production this the user experience starts increasing there's going to be a lot more decentralized servers making a ddos attack much harder so in any given instance it'll just go to switch over to something else but that's that hasn't been implemented yet because it's so very new. I, this production didn't actually occur until about 48 hours ago. This was, I think, Thursday night that somebody actually was able to make the very first transaction live on production between two unknown parties. So, yeah, this, this is about as brand new as you could possibly get. And so everything's yeah. slowly coming to play. 
exciting stuff. Yeah, we saw Seth uh, tweeting about it, and I believe he, he wrote up a guide on, on how to do it as well, correct? Seth for oh, privacy? Yes. Yes, yeah. yeah, Seth for privacy's website is fantastic. He has exactly what you need to do step by step. Very cool. Yeah, Seth, I know we were trying to get you on. Did he say he might? Yeah, he said he might pop on, but okay. I don't know if it's up in it. Um, I'm talking to the, the MMA fighter right now. Okay, what's going on? <laughs> We're trying to figure out. Uh, it's going to be, should we just, there are a lot of more fights before him. Oh, no. It's going to be a few more hours. A few more hours. Oh, boy. I'll tell them to stream right now. Okay. What do you want to do? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if leave we're it on have for, for that. <laughs> it's, been, it's already been a long time. I know. Well, uh, I'll tell them to stream right now. They're in, okay. they're in Cali. So. When, yeah, that's true. When is your fight? Mm. All right, guys. We're trying to like coordinate everything. Yeah, so I mean that, that was the, the hope to get the to stream the fight the live. Fight, but. Yeah, but yeah, I originally thought it was like from well, yeah, eleven to twelve our time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They're saying eleven, yeah, eleven p.m. West Coast. I don't know. I guess so at this rate, which is like crazy. That means it's. Oh, it's gonna be eleven p.m. West. Coast. I, I I don't know. Oh my god. <laughs> no people in the chat. Well, let's get comfy, done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get comfy. I'm oh trying to God. figure this out. I mean, we really want to make this happen. But... Uh, I'm last 15. It's hard to say we if are, everyone goes the full clock. rounds, then we'll be an hour or two. Mm. If everyone gets ended in the first round, it'll be, yeah, it all depends on the fight, basically. Okay, how fast the other fights go. <laughs> let them all I really know nothing about be. MMA fighting. <laughs> I'll tell them to turn on the stream now. Okay, yeah, because I'm sure people want to watch. Okay, yeah, might wanna, as well. Yeah, get it going. We can have it on the side. Yeah. Um. Oh man. Hopefully we could. We I mean, I'll just yeah. This is pretty funny, but let's see. Let's see if they uh, log on now. I don't know. They're supposed to be logging on soon. Anywho's. Uh, <laughs> This is Arctic Mime. I feel like we, we should jump back to the the topic of the uh, Monero uh, policy work group uh, working group. Yes, absolutely. Talk, yeah, talk about that a little bit more. Sure. So, just to explain deeper, so what what exactly? I know you guys submitted your comments, but what was it really in response to? What prompted you guys to submit these comments in the first place? Well, the uh, European Commission is doing uh, um, it's actually a multi-phase set of proposals with respect to anti-money laundering, uh, and there is a what they call a regulation and what they call a directive. And if I'm getting to the specifics of uh, EU governance. Regulation is binding on the uh, states and a directive the states have to implement. So there, and there's a whole, uh, it's about four, four or five different aspects to this. And what we, we are actually going to be commenting on the rest of them, but the earliest deadline was on uh, the 20th of August, was to this uh, public uh, private partnership portion of that. 
and that's what we submitted our comments on uh, for that particular one. And we focused to a significant degree on the question of uh, blockchain surveillance or chain analysis and, and, the, and the issues and ramifications with that. Primarily the concerns being the stuff, this is fundamentally in many ways um, prone to significant error. It is a probabilistic thing. Innocent people can be accused. Um, and a host of other issues that are associated with it. Um, sort of the broader con uh, context of this is that um, because Monero basically breaks uh, chain analysis, there's been a considerable pushback against Monero and delistings that to a large degree are attributable to the fact that these companies cannot do this kind of surveillance on the Monero blockchain. And there's been a, this, it started to come to a head in, to a large degree in 2019, although somewhat earlier before then. And there were various responses on the part of the Monero community. The first one was a Perkins Coy uh, paper. And then there was uh, a, a, well, Comply First, which is the pro project that uh, uh, Justin Ironhofer launched. And then there's a Monero Policy Group, which we are in engaging with regulators um, in order to put a different perspective to just the narrative of the uh, of these companies, which basically are saying that you can deduce everything from the from examining the public blockchain. And of course, one of the things that we commented on is that there are considerable risks associated for innocent individuals and, uh, and for people can be framed by uh, a criminal organization or a terrorist organization. Uh, and in fact, in some situations, it can even end up aiding and abetting the very thing you're trying to prevent. I uh, end up aiding and abetting money laundering and terrorist financing. Uh, and, what, and the scenario that we included, I illustrated an example where that could happen. Um, so there's considerable risk with this. It's it's a fair amount of controversy in it. The other element of it, of course, is that there has been already doubts indicated by, for example, FinCEN, by the Financial Action Task Force. And they're starting to ask questions that say, well, this isn't really the panacea that we thought it was. So there's, there's starting to be some, some doubts on the part of regulators. And of course, what's happened in the United States in December is that there's been a shift away from that to some degree in the sense that of treatment of cryptocurrencies or virtual currencies as essentially the same way you would treat a fungible asset such as cash. And this was in the legislation that occurred in December of last year. So so that's kind of the context of this. So, so this is at the... This is a second phase of um, submissions to the European Commission, but it's sort of a, an ongoing context. Mm. So, I mean, what do you think their response is going to be to these comments? I mean, are, are you think these comments are actually going to be uh, heard in a high regard? Are they going to be taken into regard? What's what's your feel there? My feel is it's going to have an influence. It may not have an immediate influence. But since there's already doubts about this at the regulator level, if you start asking questions and putting, yes, I think these things have an impact. It may not, you may not see the impact right away, but definitely it will have an impact, particularly if we go if the way it was being done, where we're approaching it on a fairly systematic basis across multiple regulators. I mean, we presented to FinCEN, we presented, we, we responded to the Financial Action Task Force, uh, so 
it, it has a cumulative effect, yes. And that's the goal. It's just to put another perspective in front of these regulators so they realize that it's not just, that's just there's a different side of the question. Ultimately, where do you think it's headed with the European Union uh, and how they end up treating something like Monero? It's really tough to say. I mean, I, I, in, in some respects, I, it may be a tougher. I, I sometimes feel it might be harder than a uh, case than the United States. Um, but it's really, I think it depends on how much they're going to rely on the surveillance approach of the blockchains. And I think that's where, uh, I think it's less recognition there than there is in the United States right now. If you ask me, simply because they already haven't seen specific questions coming out of the European Union with respect to uh, blockchain surveillance or chain analysis, and I have seen them in the case of the United States. But it's it's an engagement process. I mean, we have to sort of proceed with that. Mm -hmm. And in the paper too, you, you spoke about something which uh, recently you had mentioned uh, when, when we spoke to you last, essentially this concept of chain analysis ultimately not being scalable? Um, yes, this is a major problem because one of the things that, and this was actually hinted at in, um, uh, I think it was hinted by FinCEN at one point. And one of the problems with it is this, is that if you think about the problem in terms of the binomial theorem, and if you have like N outputs on a blockchain and you have K outputs that are tainted in some fashion that you're trying to choose from among the n outputs well what you really have is a binomial coefficient and that is order of n factorial so if n is growing say linearly or exponentially or slow exponential which is what's happening with blockchains you really get to a point where the thing is just totally untenable and uh and i think this is a serious problem um it was interesting because when I looked at the GraphSense project, which is an open source project that uh, did that, they, they they were talking about terabytes of RAM to sort of deal with something like Bitcoin versus, say, you could get away with about, I think it was 64 gigabytes for Dash. Now, Dash is a very small blockchain, so it's kind of the easiest one to do this on. But as this blockchain grows then it, you have this problem this order of n factorial because what you're trying to do is you're trying to do correlations between outputs to try to to find the links between all the combinations of out of these k outputs which are tainted in some way shape or form with respect to the n outputs so i think it's a mathematical problem that they have which is fundamental and yes i think with time this is going to break down i don't think it's as tenable it's just too much data and why why make that point in in the comments that you made to the EU? What was the what was kind of the the essence of of bringing it up? The essence is look, you're gonna to have to treat this as a fungible asset. You're gonna to have to effectively treat cryptocurrencies the same way as you could treat cash or precious metals. Um, this approach of trying to do this type of surveillance on the blockchain is likely not gonna get you anywhere. Mm -hmm. And it, and it may lead to, to false positives where innocent people might end up getting in trouble because of it. And not only that, you also get false negatives where you actually, uh, you may actually have a criminal that looks much better than they should. Mm -hmm. So it's both false positives and false negatives. 
yeah, I thought that that scenario that you guys described uh, was pretty interesting. Who, who yes. came up with that? That was that was a an, an interesting interesting story. That, that yeah, it is. I mean, it, it's a joint effort. Everybody's got collaborating, editing, and and so on. Do you think that that's a, a, a kind of a realistic? Obviously, uh, obviously, I guess you do, right? That that's something that could realistically happen. So this site, if you want to describe it a little bit. Um, you guys. Well, the, the key element there is that you're uh, doing transactions of chain. So the, the criminal transactions were actually involved not doing a transaction on the blockchain, but instead trading the actual private key. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the blockchain itself, nothing has happened. That's the key point. And the two transactions that are of a criminal nature which is the, the extortion transaction that takes place. And then the swap between uh, James and Charlie. Those two are not occurring on the blockchain itself. And that's the point that uh, a chain analysis company will never be able to pick up. Now you would argue, well, how do you enforce that? Because in a general scenario, you, you wouldn't. And of course the answer and be quite, is that a criminal or criminals have a significant advantage there because basically they can enforce it out of off chain and, and kind of put it in a mild way. Uh, it could be very violent how you enforce it. So essentially, if you move the bitcoins, we're going to do this and that to the person. Mm -hmm. um, so that's essentially the essence of it. So you're doing it off chain, so then you can't tra trace it. And the minute you do that, you open the door to to the actual uh, framing of the innocent person while essentially allowing the, the criminals to sort of launder their money and, and escape the picture. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty scary scenario, but I guess it's, it's something that, that could actually happen, right? The other thing that I would point out, because this is one of the big things, is um, chain analysis and blockchain surveillance works. Actually, there's a few edge cases where it works. I mean, typically, the scenario where it kind of works well it's, let's say you've got 100 Bitcoins from some questionable source. Mm -hmm. And you break them up into, let's say, 5,000 outputs of 0.02 Bitcoin each or something like that. And then you run each one of these outputs through a mixer or some, some sort of laundering process. At this point, uh, you have nothing. But when you try to reassemble the whole thing back together, that's when you get the correlation statistics. The biggest problem that I see with this is when it's applied not on funds that are going into a, uh, an exchange or a VASP, but rather when it's applied when funds that are withdrawn from a VASP, because there you have nothing. And so someone who withdraws funds from a VASP, even innocently spends the money, the Bitcoin to somebody else, and then that person turns around and sends the Bitcoin to a DNM market or whatever, well, it flows back to the person who actually withdrew it from the vast, and they have no control about that. It's like if you were to withdraw, you know, hundred dollars from from uh, from a bank, mm -hmm. you go to a business and you spend that hundred dollar bill, and then the business maybe spends an extra, and then about two three hops down the road, someone decides to roll it up and snort cocaine with it. And then you test the bill and you track the serial number and you say, well, wait a minute, this person withdrew it from the bank, so they're responsible. Right. I mean, that's essentially what's happening. And there's nothing the person can do to prevent that. 
because if you're on the other side, if you're in the side where you could you could do an, your own chain analysis yourself, or you could actually uh, try to, to to figure out whether they're tainted or not, but you have no control of what happens to that Bitcoin once it's spended. Right, and these are these are obviously good arguments as to why uh, using something like Monero. Well, absolutely, because essentially what happens is is you have a very strong argument for using Monero, and the argument becomes is if I spend Monero. Well, I don't have to worry what that person's going to do with the Monero afterwards. But if so, I don't have to worry that maybe that person gets threatened by a terrorist or whatever, and they have to turn the Monero over or whatever. So that's not my problem anymore. Do you ever think we get to the point where governments mandate Bitcoin's fungibility? Well, I mean, in some degree, it's occurred in El Salvador because the minute you make a legal tender, you're making it fungible. Right. So we're starting to already see that a little bit. Yeah. So that's a phenomenon. Um, I think it becomes a question of practicality. The other big one, of course, is, is, is the stolen money problem, which is uh, was it actually stolen? And this goes back with currency. It goes back to, well, one of the earliest cases that I heard of was uh, occurred in the 18th century in Scotland. And it's called Crawford versus Royal Bank, about uh, the 1750s. Then it occurred. And essentially what happened there is that this, this guy Crawford turned around and he marked the bills. And then they were stolen and then sued the bank when they showed up somewhere else. And, uh, and the bank won in the courts. It was interesting. This was in Scots law in Scotland. Uh, and this it was one of the very early cases of fungibility. Uh, in, in currency, of course, what happens right now with most currency uh, is that you cannot break, uh, you, you can't argue that just because, say, a $20 bill is contaminated with cocaine, which obviously implies it was used in an in a, uh, illegal act, that that bill is no longer legal tender. Right. It's always legal tender. That That's right. That's essentially the issue. So the minute you make Bitcoin legal tender, I think that's that's gonna, that's a major significant right. Right. But but effectively, it's it's still not fungible, and it could be, you know, uh, tracked and traced. And so even if, you know, even if 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 the El Salvadorian Salvadorian government is saying uh, it's legal tender, it doesn't mean uh, corporations and and others can can misuse or can take it take advantage of the fact that Bitcoin is traceable and and. and I, I, I'd be careful with that because I mean, yeah. even Bitcoin without. There's a fair amount of uncertainty in that. I think it's been overblown that the Bitcoin is, is a perfect surveillance coin. It's actually a lousy surveillance coin. Um, it, it, there's a difference between perfect surveillance and perfect privacy. And there's a big space in between. And Monero is close to perfect privacy. But and Bitcoin is kind of somewhere in the middle. I don't see it as close to perfect surveillance. So you have this gray area in the middle where, yeah, you can make make it work in some cases, but I think the the idea, the reliability of this has been overblown. And I think for a large degree, because these companies have gone to great degrees to hide behind NDAs, behind, like you can't just go and say, okay, fine, I'm going to take a bunch of Bitcoin addresses and I'm going to go to six different chain analysis companies and I'm going to put them into their systems and then I'm going to compare the results and see if they give me the same results or similar results. In fact, there was a case where um, I believe a person on the on the dark net uh, offered a service with anti-analysis, 
and elliptical window and they said that this was a scam and blah 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 and it turned out it was a white label of another competitor and it was totally different results with elliptical was getting and they wrote a blog on this so there's a lot of uncertainty especially when you're dealing with these situations out leaving a basp and stuff like that it becomes very very hard to to do it because you don't have the statistics so we get we got uh seth on Sorry, sorry to jump jump around here. Seth, what's yeah. going on? Hey, guys. Sorry. Sorry, I was a little bit late. No, no, no worries. worries. Thanks no for worries. joining us. <laughs> what do you think? You want to you try to demo the atomic swap? I'm game to give it a try. Um, did you have Bitcoin you wanted to send to the swap on your end? Do you want me to do the whole thing? I, I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't have Bitcoin. <laughs> I only have Bitcoin because of running the, <laughs> the swap <laughs> providers. <laughs> I can, uh, yeah, I can go and demo swapping it back for Monero. It'll take a little bit, so I don't know how long we'll. Yeah, it's why I think we have time but... because the fights right not going on for a no, while. No, it's going. I don't know if we're going to make it to the fight. <laughs> do we know? Do we know how uh, how many more fights we have until we're up? He, I mean, he's messaging me. He's DMing me. So anytime <laughs> soon. Okay. Okay. I was asking if he can zoom in. Um, but oh, yeah, she should try to pop in. Yeah, well, no, zoom in. With, I, if his people can zoom in with the oh, camera. Zoom yeah, in. zoom yeah. in. No, he, I, I'm assuming he can't. I don't know. Yeah, he should try to um, the camera, though. But they can't, they said, because of uh, StreamYard. I guess you can't really zoom in with, with uh, StreamYard. Oh, yeah. So, they'll, they'll just have but they're going to figure it out. Maybe when he's up, they could like kind of walk up to yeah. the stage. They're on, though. They're troopers. They have yeah. two different angles. This is one. It looks, looks this is the cool. other. Oh, wait, I can't zoom it in. There you go. Oh, yeah, that's a, I think. Uh, I don't know which one's oh, better, guys. What do you guys uh, think? I think the other one's The closer. other one, yeah. I think that one's closer. Yeah. There you go. You can see what's kind of going on. Yeah, but, you know. Can't really we'll zoom wait in. For the, for the real fight. So, um, Seth, yeah, let's, let's, let's give it a go because I think we have plenty of time. Oh, yeah. People are looking forward to that. Seth, any any comments on what Arctic Mine was saying there? Um, yeah, we we chatted a little bit, uh, DefCon. Um, yeah. I I definitely disagree on the surveillance angle and on the scaling of surveillance being making surveillance long term impossible. Um, not that I know that that won't happen, but I just I I tend to lean on the side of caution in assuming that something will happen in the future and, and that there won't be some kind of breakthrough that allows them to to properly handle all that data. I think the other point that I brought up in the past is that the nice thing with um the nice thing for surveillance companies with Bitcoin and other blockchains is that the data is published forever in a format that they don't have to even store. Anytime they want to go back and surveil the chain, they just pull up a block explorer, they pull up an existing node. If they want to, they could run a node and, and use it, but they could also just rely on public node infrastructure to actually pull through the um, the data that they need to perform surveillance. So I'm definitely hesitant to assume that this, the scaling of chain surveillance will make it impossible. Um, that's definitely an optimistic scenario. If that's true, that would definitely be good for Bitcoin. Um, that maybe just the scale of Bitcoin long-term will be enough to make it impossible. Um, hopefully that will be true, but we'll definitely see. I like to lean on the side of caution and um, Monero is just a, it's, it's easier. It's 
better for privacy. It's more difficult for chain surveillance. Um, so I think it's definitely a better thing to, to onboard people too, but hopefully long-term Bitcoin will be fine as well. Um, and hopefully tools like Samurai Wallet and others will help to help to complicate chain surveillance, um, both for the people actually actively using the tools and for um, others just because there are people choosing to use the tools. But And um, atomic swaps, right? Which yeah. Yeah, I think Arctomines made some really good points on how atomic swaps, especially after Taproot, will help privacy for both Bitcoin and Monero because you'll have increased volume and transaction volume in Monero. And obviously you'll have people in Bitcoin swapping back and forth from Bitcoin to Monero in a, in a fashion that's difficult to ascertain what's going on because um, you'll be able to see that it's a Taproot style transaction, but you won't be able to see exactly what the script is. So it won't be immediately transparent that you are performing an atomic swap or not, um, especially as taproot style transaction adoption hopefully takes off pretty quickly. Um, so that'll be, that'll be a big jump in it. And I mean, even if someone does know you're doing an atomic swap, the beauty is a, it's unstoppable and B you're swapping into Monero where they're going to lose the trail anyways. So um, it's really definitely, a, it, it's a win-win for everybody. The biggest hurdle with atomic swaps seems to be that nobody wants to swap their Monero for Bitcoin, though, right? That's <laughs> it's uh, I, nobody's really lining up to. I mean, you're you're doing it kind of as a service, right? But uh, yeah, I don't think people are really lining up to swap their Monero for questionable Bitcoin, right? <laughs> I think I mean, there's been already quite a few people jumping in. Let me okay. just see if I can share my screen can you see this yeah i gotta add to the screen hold yeah on. see if you can make that the main oh wait hold on oh well hold on uh oh no where did your screen go it shows for me here still but hold on there you go uh it's not showing on our screen for some reason Move and add. Hold on a second. Who's add. this Death Walk Three man? This there guy is on a rampage over here. Oh, who? Uh, in the comments. Oh, he's just, just yeah. Hate. He just nonstop. Well, what are you, what, like, why are you here, man? Why stop here? banning me. Yeah. Well, obviously, you know why I'm banning you. Are you banning him? Yeah, because he keeps like saying nonsense. Uh, <laughs> he's complaining how how bored he was, but yet he just yeah. Has well. I'll stop that. banning you once. You, no, then he started saying. Death Walker, are, are you are you into Monero? Are you? Let's let's get a comment there. Are you into Monero? Or are you just uh, trolling over here? No, he's trolling. He started saying very mean words. So oh, okay. we're not gonna okay. One of those. get into that. <laughs> Always the fun of a live stream. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And then he just started talking nonsense. So they kept blocking him, but then he kept coming up with like a oh, new screen name. Who? I guess I don't you, even know how he keeps logging in. <laughs> you intimate era. This is this no. He's like he he's at three. So if I ban him again, he'll be at four or something. Okay. So keep him coming, my friend. I think, he, I think he's here for the fight, which is fine. Yeah, that's we, fine. We hope to get the fight up. Be patient, my friend. Yeah. Be patient. All right, look, so we got things going on. Can you see my screen okay? Yeah, yeah, sure. yep. you can see your screen. Perfect. Um, yeah, so yes. I'll, I'll break this down just a little bit. Um, so I have a blog post on this that walks people through if you're interested in, in trying it out. Um, this is live on mainnet. I'm swapping real Bitcoin for real Monero. Um, I'm going to be swapping with someone else's Monero uh, swap provider um, using 
my Bitcoin that I've just gotten through doing atomic swaps. Um, a really simple explanation for people who aren't familiar with what atomic swaps are. Basically, atomic swaps let you use the security provided by both blockchains, in this case, Bitcoin and Monero, um, and tools that are built on those blockchains, like scripting functionality um, or kind of using signatures to prove that you'll do one thing or, or do another. And it allows you to use those tools to perform a swap in such a way that either the swap will go through and both parties will get their Bitcoin or Monero, whatever side that they're on, or the swap will fail and both sides will get their Bitcoin or Monero back, whatever they put into the trade, minus transaction fees, of course. Um, and the beauty of that is there's you don't need any arbitrator. There's no third party that you need to trust to to decide how a swap went, if the person was honest or malicious or whatever you're deciding that all of that using on-chain tools you're relying on bitcoin and monero and then the toolkit that you're actually using on top of that in this case the tools that are built by the the comment network um and you also don't need a custodian the funds are never custodied by someone else they're either yours all the way until the swap completes successfully and then obviously you swap funds for bitcoin or monero depending on which side you're on or the the funds never leave your custody. Um, so that's really the two main advantages is there's no custodian, there's no third party, no arbitrator, there's no middleman, nothing like that. You're just relying on the security assurances of Bitcoin and Monero to allow you to do a swap in a way that is permissionless, uncensorable, um, and relatively private. Right now in Bitcoin, because we don't have Taproot yet, it is apparent that you're doing an atomic swap um, because the scripting that you need for the atomic swap on Bitcoin is um, essentially not hidden the way that Bitcoin transactions currently work. But once we do have Taproot, and especially with the Farcaster atomic swap protocol, um, the actual swap script that you use will be hidden. So it won't be easy for people to tell that you even are doing an atomic swap on the Bitcoin side. But um, a quick breakdown of what I'm doing here. So you can see this first command that I ran is just a really simple uh, list sellers command. It just lets me connect to this rendezvous point, which you can think of as just like a um, like a, a forum or a uh, kind of a market board or a, an order board. It just lets me basically see who is selling Monero, gives me all the information I need about them as a seller so that I can choose who I want to actually swap with. Um, you describe all this in your tutorial. So like mm -hmm. me and C I mean, we're not command line type people. <laughs> no. So yeah. you th do you think it's, it's, you know, we could pull this off. Is it, is uh is it pretty straightforward? What can possibly go wrong? What are like kind of the. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty wrong. straightforward. It's definitely not super user-friendly yet because you do have to use the CLI some. Yeah. Um, this website, unstoppableswap.net was set up by somebody who's been, kind of helping out with atomic swaps from pretty early on with the Comet network. Mm -hmm. It really simplifies things. So like for instance, you want to swap with my provider. It helps you just simplify. This is how much Bitcoin I want to swap. This is how much Monero. How I'm not going to use this. There? Uh, there are, there were four Monero sellers earlier today uh, okay. on mainnet there's three right now so one of them might must just be offline for right now but okay. um yeah we've had up to four and the fourth had very high limits and a very very low um spread so it's good to see more people jump in especially that are willing to do higher volume um so hopefully they'll be back online but yeah what have been people jumping in change rate looking like with this compared to you know 
traditional methods for exchanging Monero and Bitcoin. Yeah, so you can see um, when you run this list sellers command, um, you can see the price that that specific seller is offering. Mm-hmm. You can see like I started out really early and I really don't want to sell my Monero. So I had a really high spread just to let people test it out. I know I'm going to have to, I, I did a lot of work to get this set up and all that. So I started with a high spread and thankfully other people have jumped in and undercut me massively. So almost no one's been swapping with me because obviously I have by far the worst exchange rate. Um, but it'll tell you when you do list sellers what the current price that that seller is offering is. Um, this is a bit above market rate, I think, right now. Um, the one big seller that was online earlier was basically market rate. Um, the the only thing to keep in mind is you do have, you do have transaction fees involved, but Bitcoin fees right now are really low, and Monero fees are always low. So um, the fees themselves aren't aren't bad right now, at least, but. In the future, if like Bitcoin fees spike again, that can definitely be problematic for atomic swaps because you you rely on the Bitcoin blockchain itself to process things. So you obviously have to pay transaction fees on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so there's only like three or four providers right now, so it, it's really hard to assess whether or not the the prices we're seeing here are gonna, reflecting what the market's going to end up at, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would expect similar, to, similarly to like local Monero, that kind of thing. I would expect right. the spread to get down to like three to five percent, being the norm. Um, okay. That's pretty normal for non KYC ways to acquire uh, Monero. Just because I, I've talked about this in in other places, but mm. it's important for people to realize that the price that you get at a KYC exchange is a discount that you get for providing all of your personal information. So right. when you when you can acquire Monero in this way without KYC, which is know your customer information without providing any ID, anything like that, um, it's much more private. It's much more permissionless, and it's well worth paying a few percent on top of what you think is market rate because that's what people are paying when they're giving up all of their data. So I think it's important to remember, like, yes, you're paying a little bit more, but you're getting a lot of privacy just for never attaching your personal details to to a blockchain, which is a very important thing. Yeah, definitely. It seems like it's it's worth a little bit of extra percentage there. Yeah, and this is a it's a pretty painless process when you jump into, into it, especially in my blog post. Which let me just pull it up real quick. I can just kind of quickly show. Um, I break down both ways to make the swap. The first one is what I'm going to do, which is just using the CLI itself directly, just because yeah. I'm familiar with that. And this is what you do no matter how you're swapping at the moment. It's always through the CLI, but Unstoppable Swap simplifies the process by actually building the command for you. So you end up just having to copy and paste. And it'll download the tool, it'll run the command, do the swap. You only have to copy and paste that one command. So it simplifies the process a lot. Um, so I show that in the blog. I show like if you want to use Unstoppable Swap, how to roll through that. Um, just put in all the details, put in the Monero payout address, Bitcoin refund. Depending on what OS you're on, it'll give you specific tips on how to get into the terminal if you're not familiar with how to do that. Um, and then here you can see that it builds the very specific command that you need. So you literally just copy it, paste it in the terminal, hit enter, and it does its thing. Very cool. You want to you wanna give it a go? Yeah, yeah, sure. So yeah, listed sellers. I went ahead and chose this one. It's the best market rate right now. So I'm just going to go ahead and go for that. Um, obviously, a call out, don't reuse a sub address when you're doing these swaps and that's generally just best practice with Monero mm-hmm. try to use a new sub address whenever you're interacting with a new entity specifically or per transaction but at least per entity you're transacting with 
Um, and then same thing on the Bitcoin side, the change address. This is only if the swap fails. Since I'm the one providing Bitcoin, if the swap fails, I need an address to be able to send the Bitcoin back to that I control. So this address is just a receive address that I control. Um, and then the last parameter is just this seller connection string. And this just tells the swap tool where to reach the seller, what the, the peer ID is, all the details it needs to be able to properly communicate with them. Very cool. And kick that off, make sure Samurai Wallet's good. <laughs> Only using Postmix funds, of course. Yep, so you can see communicated with the seller, got all the details it needed, set the current price. And it also tells me the minimum and max that the seller will do in a single trade. Right. Um, so you can see there that right now the maxes are pretty low. I'd expect those to increase over time, but it really just depends on what the seller. I can't really, what is the max there right now? It's like point. Uh, right now is point oh oh one nine Bitcoin. Oh, so yeah, like hundred dollars, I think, oh. something like that. Arctic, have you given this a shot yet? No, actually, I haven't. Um, I, I've actually, I'm, a, I'm a basically a buy and hold or an observer on this on this whole thing. I did want to make a point, a, a comment. I mean, Seth made a very valuable point: is that you can't, the fact that it's unreliable, you can't rely for privacy. You have a sort of a range between um, perfect surveillance and perfect privacy. And the fact that you don't have perfect surveillance doesn't mean you have any reasonable privacy. So just because, so that's an important point to realize. So, so what I'm saying, the question about it is they don't have perfect surveillance. So we have to be careful to say that the, the, lack, the fact that it's flawed is actually a potential danger because you could actually get these false accusations. So it's a very important point to recognize. So, so the failure of... Um, Surveillance doesn't necessarily mean that you have privacy. So, I actually don't think I have any funds available to spend. So, <laughs> this may not work out. I don't but think I either. Have... Go ahead, Arctipine. Oh, sure. I haven't actually been that active in. Uh, Trading Monero for Bitcoin at all. So while since I found providers go straight, I, I generally prefer to go straight from Monero into fiat currencies, actually tell you the truth and, and avoid all of this personally. But that's just a personal preference. That's definitely, a, a, yeah, I guess ideal if you pull it off. Well, I mean, if you find it, if you're going to go with AML KYC, you want to basically try to avoid going through Bitcoin, period. And uh, from my perspective, that's, uh, uh, if I find a, a, a provider in Canada, for example, that can do that, then uh, and the amounts that I like that I wanted to trade, then yeah, I mean, I mean, I just go straight from one to the other, and then I, I avoid this kind of gray area whether the bitcoins are good or bad, or what the history is, and all that kind of thing. So that's kind of where I'm at. All right, Seth, what were you saying? You don't have the, the funds? I don't think I actually do. Uh... Double checking, but I don't. I think they're still in the midst of mixing. I thought that they finished earlier, but I think that we're. Oh, your your Bitcoin funds aren't. Yeah, 
Yeah, unfortunately. If anyone has Bitcoin that they want to send to that QR address, <laughs> that QR code. Yeah. For it. uh, it's, It'll be a donation, but if you hit me up with a Monero address afterwards, I'll send it back with a little tip. Um, the other interesting thing is the need to mix, and I kind of agree with that because of the potential risk with um, that the, the swap gets traced back to you on the Bitcoin side. We put a uh, set screen back up. Yeah. Okay. I think I got it. Whirlpool crashed when I started back up. It recognized oh, let's see that everything was mixed. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I did full now. Okay. Let's see what these are at the moment. Transaction rates are very low yeah. in, in Bitcoin, so I don't think it's going to be a lot of pressure there. Good time for this. Yes, definitely. Okay. Yep, so just sent from Samurai Wallet. I should have ended the max, but obviously you can send anything between the minimum and maximum, and it'll decide how much Monero to send back based on that. Cool. So you can so see, you can see the, Bitcoin. What happened now? Can you explain what happened? Yeah, yeah. So I just I sent in Bitcoin. Um, essentially, what'll happen now is it's sending into an internal wallet that's within the tool, mm -hmm. so the tool can recognize that it's there. You can see that it received the Bitcoin transaction that I just sent. Uh, it started a new swap. You can see the actual fees that are involved very low right now. Like Arctic, I mentioned the the Bitcoin network's pretty slow, so I was just able to do one sat per rebyte. Um, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Super nice. You can see that the first step is that I publish a Bitcoin transaction that actually locks the funds in such a way that either the swap will go through or I'll get them back. There is also a third scenario, which is called a punish. And that's only if you essentially lock funds and then disappear and never come back. Uh, and it's just a way to make sure that if someone tries to perform what's called a denial, denial of service attack, basically... If they keep connecting, keeps locking Bitcoin, but never actually complete the swap, they're also locking the funds on the Monero side of the seller. And so the punish allows the seller to claim those Bitcoin if the buyer never actually comes back online. And it's just to make sure that somebody doesn't attack the sellers by forcing them to lock up Monero over and over and over again, but never actually complete or fail the swap. Okay. Um, but most people don't need to worry about that. You run the tool, you just let it run for about the... 30 minutes it takes to complete the transaction um, and then everybody ends up happy. How many confirmations on the Bitcoin network? Uh, I think the lock requires zero comps and then the Monero lock I think is 10 and then the Bitcoin redeem the joint transaction to redeem Bitcoin and then send Monero is I think two comps for the final um, but I think I think it it releases the Monero at the the beginning of that two comp cycle. But so now we're we're just waiting for the confirmations. Yep. So right now I've locked the Bitcoin. So I locked it and then I sent over info to the seller to tell them that I've locked it, the proof that I've locked it properly, and now their client is pulling Monero out of their wallet. 
they're locking it and then they're going to send me over the proof that it's locked. Um, and you'll see that it'll say that we're waiting for 10 transaction confirmations on the Monero side shortly. Uh, but first the, the seller has to actually lock those Monero and then send me the proof. Now is the seller, uh, is this automated on the seller side? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The seller just runs a very, very simple process that handles this. Or I shouldn't say simple, but they run a, a single, uh, service that handles this. It connects to the Monero blockchain, to the Bitcoin blockchain, monitors both, and then it, it has a Monero wallet that it, it uses Monero wallet RPC to actually uh, control to send funds, view funds, that kind of thing. Um, but it's all automated. Like I have an ASB running right now that doesn't require any interaction. I don't have to approve or deny swaps. It's just automatic. Um, cool. Very cool. Yeah. So and, the seller, so the sellers could basically you set this thing up and then allow the buyers to come in and and mm -hmm. and 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 uh, use the swap automatically. Yep. Yep. And you could, I mean, you could obviously only run it for specific times. You could only run it for specific, like if you have a group where you're chatting with people and a specific person wants to buy. This is a really nice way to be able to trustlessly swap Bitcoin for Monero. Like previously, I would have never been fine with just a random person giving me Bitcoin for my Monero. But now this is a way that I would feel comfortable with that. Just keep my broker service up to date, keep it ready. And then whenever I have, I want to swap with someone, just spin it up real quick. They can connect, they can do the swap and then I can shut it down. It's not something you have to leave running all the time, but obviously if you want to, you can. Um, and I've left mine running so far, but I'll probably be shutting it down soon if the other sellers stick around. It's pretty wild. Um... How much? What's the biggest swap you think we'll like? We'll see like coming up here. I mean, you think like if if you were, what's your max at now? So as a provider, what's the what's the max that you're currently? Mine's willing? really low, so you can see right here, mine's point zero zero one. Um, so about fifty bucks. All I right. like I said, I don't really want to sell my Monero. I don't don't really want Bitcoin at this point. Um, the other but, providers, does anybody have like a large kind of relatively large max set on the? on the Monero side? Um, 0.05 BTC is the largest right now, but there was a seller online earlier that I think was point, it was either 0.2 or 0.02, um, which is the biggest so far. It'd be interesting to see if somebody put a large max on the Monero side, if somebody came in and tried to swap with it. I think that, I'm pretty sure it was the Comet guys had talked about that they have a like an actual market maker that was going to get involved with Bitcoin Monero atomic swaps and market make the the Monero side, um, so that that would be nice. I hope that that someone does that as like a full time thing. It's not something I'm comfortable with, especially not publicly. So I wouldn't be doing that full time, but I, I would hope that we'll see people doing that. Um, it's definitely there will be a market for it, and I know that like Samurai Wallet guys have talked quite a bit about people ready to start swapping toxic change into Monero, and atomic swaps is a really good way for them to do that. So. There should be quite a bit of liquidity waiting on the Samurai Wallet side. Um, but we'll see. I mean, that also really, most of that liquidity will only be unlocked or start being used when Samurai actually integrates atomic swaps into Samurai Wallet. Um, so I think that'll be a big deal for getting the Bitcoin liquidity online. But right. it's important that there is Monero liquidity. And I, I know we talk a lot about about not wanting to swap Monero for Bitcoin because it could be tainted or because obviously handling Bitcoin is more difficult 
preserving your own privacy while using Bitcoin is more difficult. Um, but I do hope that there are people who understand how Bitcoin works, who understand the the risks in using Bitcoin and are willing to to market make in some capacity or just to sell Monero to acquire Bitcoin if they want that. Mm -hmm. um, it's great to have the tool available. I, I won't be somebody who's doing that long term, but um, I do hope that others will be will be game to step up and and put in some liquidity on the Monero side and just help to help to keep that that gateway open at least for now and i think as as we see potential regulation shift or as we see exchange delistings or something like that if that does happen i, I don't know that that will happen but if that does happen that'll drive people towards solutions like atomic swaps mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah james is saying what will you do if you get dirty btc um, well, like you said, I guess you're, you're really not going to be using this much yourself, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that'll be up to the person who's sitting on the seller side. Um, it depends. I mean, I, it really depends on what you're going to use the Bitcoin for. If you're not going to a KYC exchange, normally tainted Bitcoin doesn't really matter, at least right now. Um, my main concern always with interacting with Bitcoin is that the, the ledger is permanent, so um, having any trail that's attached to me on Bitcoin is something I want to avoid at all costs. So it's definitely something that's a little bit, um, I don't know, I'm hesitant to use Bitcoin in general. Monero is much more, much more pain-free and much more um, worry-free than using Bitcoin for me. So that's one of the reasons why I stick to Monero. But um, it's really going to be up to the seller what their risk profile is, what they care about. I wouldn't be surprised if we see sellers doing chain analysis and creating a custom client that lets them say yes or no to swaps based on a risk score. Wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. Um, not saying that should happen. I'm just saying I, I wouldn't be surprised if it does, but it'll definitely, it just kind of depends on, on the seller, how they feel about it. Well, this is actually a very good point. I mean, but the, one of the things with um, chain analysis done in a, where the average person is doing it, is I think it will expose a lot of the flaws in it. And so I, I, I'm not, I think this is going to be very interesting because it might create, there may be a company or companies that decide that there's a market for this and that you could actually turn around and sell a pay-as-you-go chain analysis where you pay with Monero, for example, uh, on the Bitcoin blockchain. How this is going to be received by some of the players in that industry is another question. Um, and I think that comes back to what I was saying about elliptic. I mean, when somebody else did that, now granted what was presented was essentially an anti-analysis tool, as opposed to what was being discussed here, which is that you, you're basically doing a peer-to-peer -peer transaction and you don't want to get tainted Bitcoin. So you want to pay a few Monero to basically figure out that they, if the Bitcoin is what your risk is. Um, I think there's a market for that, but the question is, and our players going to go into it, and how are the existing players in the industry going to respond to it? Yeah, yeah, especially because atomic swaps are weird because you're not saying yes or no to specific trades, at least not in the current environment. So with the current toolkit, you can't really say, I want to swap with this, I don't want to swap with this. It's really just if your client is running and someone chooses to swap with you and you have the funds, the swap goes through. Um, so it's, it's definitely different than like using BISC or 
um, using local Monero or something like that, where you're kind of going trade by trade and deciding yes or no to each one. Uh, it's kind of if you're if you're running the ASB tool, you're accepting trades, and if you're not, you're not. Um, so it's definitely a, right now it would be tricky to actually do any kind of chain analysis before a swap. You really would have to write a custom client that prompts runs chain analysis on the incoming Bitcoin and then decides yes or no to whether whether or not you want to accept the swap. Um, but you but but you would still see the incoming Bitcoin. So you could in principle do that. You could. I'm not sure how the swap protocol would actually ha handle it if you... I guess you could just cancel at that point and they would get their Bitcoin back. Um, they would lose transaction fees at least though. So you certainly wouldn't be a favorite seller <laughs> if lots of people had issues with you denying their Bitcoin and um, them having to eat transaction fees every time they attempted to do a swap. But um, I, I think that's how it would work. I'm not sure how the, the actual swap protocol would handle that. If once you see the incoming Bitcoin, you back out. I'm not sure how that would actually function at the moment. But Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I mean, because again, but again, if, if we're dealing with small amounts, and this is where it gets really interesting. Um, and as people, then I think, yeah, I mean, you, you may end up creating a situation where uh, it's just impractical. Yeah. Yeah. And it certainly could be. And I mean, a lot of the reasons for doing that will be kind of minimized by doing atomic swaps, I think. And I think a lot of the people that are interested in atomic swaps won't really care what the Bitcoin is like. Um, but again, it's, it's all up to the seller and the beauty of atomic swaps is it's not really something that's easily censorable or stoppable. So if people want to do it one way, they can do it that way. If people want to do it a different way, they can do it that way. And the beauty too is a as a buyer of Monero is you can choose what seller you want to use. So if you know one of the sellers explicitly, or if you have heard through a friend that one of the sellers is specifically good or uh, specifically doesn't check what the Bitcoin incoming is or something like that, you could choose to swap with them specifically. It's not just like a it's not like a normal order book on an exchange where you're just swapping into a kind of a, a blind liquidity pool. Um, it's very different because it is peer to peer with the advantages and disadvantages of that. The disadvantage mainly being liquidity can be can be more poor than some kind of like uh, Uniswap type AMM or than a centralized exchange. But that is definitely a, a price I'm willing to pay for decentralized, trustless, censorship resistant swaps. Well, I think the real advantage here is it's going to come down for smaller for smaller transactions. Because that's where you get the maximum um, benefit for privacy, as opposed to the downside risk. And if the amounts are low enough, it's very, very hard to even do any kind of AML KYC period. Like if you're sending $50 or something, these, these kind of small amounts, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that uh, um, makes it totally impractical to do AML KYC yeah. anyway. In general, there's not, I mean, I know in normal, the normal financial world is generally not requirements for amounts that are that small. It's normally for larger amounts or for businesses that are doing like very large quantities. So if it's like some random person accepting 50 bucks in Bitcoin, I don't know that there would be much regulatory pressure on that person because they accepted some Bitcoin that was tainted. Um, especially, again, this is definitely not legal advice. So I'm not a lawyer, but <laughs> especially because atomic swaps are not, especially in the current state, you're not saying explicitly, I want to accept this swap. Um, so it's not even a case where like you're saying, yeah, I absolutely want to swap with this person, even though I know that there's taint. 
It's just if your swap provider is running, you're accepting swaps and whatever people send you, they send you. I mean, I, I actually feel that uh, this is going to, the market is going to make a, uh, uh, it's going to pass judgment on this in a big way. What do you mean? Well, in the sense that, that you're going to get a pricing situation and it may well be that people, if people don't care, and especially if you have markets where you can sell the Bitcoin, and say example would be a perfect example. Um, then what gonna, what's going to happen literally is that you're going to have a lot of these transactions and it's going to basically make the accuracy and the effectiveness of chain analysis of blockchain surveillance a lot more, um, uh, a lot less. Now, I, I, back to what I was saying is that the fact that you make it unreliable doesn't mean that you have privacy. So it's important to realize if you make the survey, it's like if you have a, a camera that takes pictures of people that have facial recognition, or if you make it really grainy and ineffective and with a lot of errors, you still don't have privacy, but you now you've made the whole thing very ineffective. Hmm. So you still have a threat from a privacy perspective. So so, so the prudent approach is what you're, is, uh, what you're saying is that the fact that you, you have to be prudent about it in the sense that you can't rely on it for privacy, but the flip side is you can't rely on it for surveillance either. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Just the efficacy will go down, but it still could be a problem, especially, and we talked about this, about this a bit at DEF CON, but especially for targeted surveillance. If that, if the issue of it just being too hard to do the mass surveillance does occur, um, that'll definitely help for just kind of dragnet scenarios, but for targeted, targeted surveillance scenarios, it could still be problematic. Like you mentioned with the camera that's grainy, if they know more details about who they're looking for, when they were there, that kind of thing, it could, it could still be enough to get what they need. Whereas if they're just trying to generally tell what people are doing without any outside information, it may not be enough if the, the camera's poor quality. Well, of course, I mean, maybe make it targeted. Then, of course, what happens is that um, your scaling problems don't arise because you're now you're targeting a very small, such a small subset. Uh, because you're targeting a particular individual or individual. So the targeted yeah. surveillance is, isn't going to have the problem. But the, the issue there that I see is from a business model perspective from, say, these these uh, companies, is the money is not in that, in that one targeted case where you're working with law enforcement to try to track some Bitcoin. That I can see that working. It's in the mass scenarios where their business model is. Yeah. And that's where I see the problem. I mean, if you're... Uh, Looking at very specific cases, that's a different story. Yeah, for sure. And if, if some if a tool is enough to at least get around dragnet surveillance, that's generally a, a big win in that scenario. Obviously, well, yeah. it's ideal if it can also fight targeted surveillance, but shutting down dragnet surveillance is a, a huge, huge part of things. So Monero well, obviously is very good at that, and Bitcoin hopefully is good enough at that. Well, this is where I would argue that the scalability of bracket surveillance is where the problem lies. Yeah. So yeah. my, uh, the block filled up, so. Oh, okay. Is it clear? No, it, the mempool filled up right after I sent it, so. Uh-oh. Still waiting. I forgot that this step actually does require one confirmation on the Bitcoin side, so. So that actually sure. happened to me in a uh, AMLKYC transaction where I I sold, I think, uh, in one exchange because I was using Bitcoin as a transactional currency. And just when I put the transaction in, the the mempool filled up and suddenly, you know, it took like hours just to get the Bitcoin through. Yeah. 
Um, and literally, I was moving between Monero and Canadian dollars on this one. And, uh, and I was using Bitcoin as a transfer. And that's exactly what happened. And then you run around trying to find somebody who's going to mine the thing. And they wanted Bitcoin Cash. Hmm. Yeah, I found one pool that did it and said, well, yeah, well, you're going to send us Bitcoin Cash. So and finally cleared the Bitcoin network, but I just want to we'll go through uh, eventually. I want gotcha. to check in with Sunita over here. Are we hearing <laughs> from the Monero fighter at all? Do we know? Uh, I'm trying to figure out what fight he's on. He's on um, track for coming on soon? No, nah, I don't think it's anytime soon, actually. What's he saying? He hasn't really said anything. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, I mean, he said he'll let me get, in three fights in. Can you tell him if we could get somebody there to to just jump on and kind of tell us what's going on for, you know, jump on the camera? Yeah, I mean, the person that's on, I mean, I'm assuming. Let's see if they can hear us. Hey, uh, Valley Series 6. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they just have to come. Hello. Looks like it's uh, happening over there. Hello? Yeah, they can't hear us. Yeah. Muting. Yeah, I'll reach out. Yeah, Mrs. Uh, Jonathan. I'm surprised he's even like messaging me considering he's on. <laughs> Maybe cool. tell ask him. Maybe he can jump on himself real quick. Tell us what's going on. Jump on. Title fights will be at the end. Yeah. Yeah, he says I'll let you know like three fights out. So uh, yeah, bunch of fights. Probably. <laughs> We'll All leave right. it streaming. <laughs> Take your time with that atomic swap. <laughs> Here, let, let's show the screen. So it's a little more exciting. Is it coming to Bitcoin Network? That's what we're looking for. We're waiting. Has we'll it cleared there. the Bitcoin Network yet? Nope. Uh uh. There is the problem. Hey. We got a comp. Oh, yeah. good. Okay. Then you've made it. So we have one confirmation on the Bitcoin side? Yeah, yeah that's, so the, that's the toughest the, one to get. Yeah, seriously, though. I think now the Monero seller will be locking their Monero, and then we should see some prompts in the CLI soon. Uh, that'll tell us that we're waiting for 10 comps on the Monero side, which should be a lot faster than that single comp. People are saying, why swap? Well, it's if you want to trade Bitcoin for Monero or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and the beauty of the tool is that people can use it for whatever reason they want. Like, it, I, I know a lot of people, I'm not, again, I'm not saying this is necessarily how I view things, but I know a lot of people view Bitcoin as their kind of savings account or their store of value. And then they view Monero as the thing that they want to spend, uh, which I think is a pretty valid approach, especially historically. Bitcoin's obviously done well as a store of value. Monero is obviously clearly the better tool for spending. Um, so I think a lot of people view it like that. So when they have this kind of trustless way to be able to go from Bitcoin as their savings account to Monero as their checking account, uh, it's a really powerful tool to help them to not have to worry about KYC exchanges or custodial swaps, which have been kind of the solution for that 
in the past, but there's always risk that your funds get taken by the custodial swap. Um, it's a, it's a really big advance for that type of use case. And then obviously like the one I talked about earlier, Samurai wallet users, when you do a, a mix, you end up with toxic change at the beginning of that. And it's not something you want to spend with other funds. So a nice thing to do as a Samurai wallet user is to swap that toxic change into Monero, something you can actually spend and use out of it. Um, so that'll be another use case and past that. I mean, it could be used by people who are trading. Um, I think that'll only happen if there's a very large spread between normal markets and the atomic swap market. And then there'll be people who will help to arbitrage that down. And that would be a net positive because that would mean that people who want to atomic swap would be able to to do so with, with lower price differences compared to centralized exchanges. But um, I doubt it's not something that's great for like trading rapidly back and forth. It's really good for swapping between the networks, but as you can see, it can take 30, 45 minutes. You, most of my swaps have been like 25 to 35 minutes. It's been the average. This one's a lot longer just because I got unlucky and didn't get into the next block, but um, it's not a super fast thing, but it's also not slow. I mean, 30 minutes to swap between protocols with no trust is pretty pretty yeah. awesome. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> But again, you know, in the scenario where I can see something like this working is a perfect example. It's what's is this idea of using it as a transactional currency in, in El Salvador, where um, merchants may actually look at say, well, we can just use Monero as a transactional currency and then swap back into the legal tender Bitcoin. Um, and that I think because the the other big thing on this is there's two things that I see here. The first one is for small transactions with where privacy is most critical but also small transactions is where fees are most critical. So that's where you're going to start to see this kind of thing really being valuable. If I want to make a bunch, if I got like, say, $100 with a Bitcoin and I want to buy a whole bunch of things for like 4 or $5 a piece with that Bitcoin, swapping into Monero and then using Monero for the smaller transactions makes a lot of sense. Yep, yep. And doing like, again, like you do with like a savings to checking account, you do one big swap like at the beginning of the month based on how much you think you're going to spend in Monero. So you only have to spend the Bitcoin fee once and then you can spend Monero many times with the very cheap fees on the Monero network and I have to worry about that as much. So you can definitely see that kind of use case evolving. And then the flip side, the merchant could do the opposite. They could just basically, if they want to convert back to Bitcoin. Because mm -hmm. now they've got, the, they've got all the Moneros from all the different customers. So, yeah, that, that's where I see it happening. So, in effect, what we've done, what this has done, it's create a second layer. It's still in the Monero. Uh, uh, it's a, a network as a second layer on the Bitcoin network. Yeah, yeah, much simpler than Lightning second layer <laughs> on the Bitcoin it, it, network. With less risk. Yeah, you. the only real risk is the exchange rate risk. That's going to be the one that people are going to have to or might need to concern themselves with. Obviously that depends on your time frame and how much of your funds you're going to keep in Monero, that kind of thing. Because there will be an exchange rate risk compared to like lightning on Bitcoin. You're still transacting in Bitcoin units. So you don't have to worry about losing or gaining value. Um, but the trade-offs are obviously the complexity of lightning, the issues with routing, the issues with privacy, etc. Hello. Oh, there he is. He's here. How's it going? Hello, hello. can you hear me? Yes. Oh, oh no. Wow, well, get him from the main uh, camera there. Yeah, I'm trying to get him. Hold on a sec. How's it going, man? 
We're going well. How's it going? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah we can hear you. How's it going? It's going well. Just uh, just waiting at this point. But I'm ready to go. Got my uh, got my cake wallet shirt. Awesome. Awesome. Go cake wallet. Yeah. What what are you up? So right yeah, what now, you... uh let me check for you. Right now they're at um I think they're at an intermission right now, then they're gonna start uh they're gonna start fight five. And then uh the thing is, is they got jujitsu matches also in between intermissions. Oh wow. Um yeah, so honestly the the fights have been going quick though. A lot of people have been getting uh, either TKO'd or stuff. Uh, I don't think there's been any decisions yet. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It, it might be another like hour, hour and a half to be honest. Oh wow! Oh wow! All right. All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll try to hang in there. Well, <laughs> we have a. We'll keep the stream going, man. <laughs> we have an atomic swap uh, yeah. happening right now as we speak. That, oh, wow. that, nice. Seth, that Seth is doing for us. So, pretty cool. Okay. I think I saw uh, an article about that. I think I saw it like a few days back. Like yeah, like five out of 16 months or something, I believe. They hit what? They, they hit some milestones for comic swapping, I believe. I, I think I read something. Oh, yeah, no. It. I mean, it's basically the news is that it's basically live and, and usable, and uh, anybody can essentially do a Bitcoin to Monero atomic swap. And it's, it's pretty, pretty user friendly from what Seth is telling us. So, is that able, are, are people able to do that in, the, in using cake uh, no, we're not there yet. We're not at that point yet. That's going to take some time. Um, but, you know, people are able to uh, effectively swap between Bitcoin and Monero. Those those that know a little bit more, you know, beyond just using cake, you know, so uh, we're not at the point where it's as simple as opening up your cake wallet and doing it. I don't know when we get to that point, but the basically the mechanisms are there and they work. Hey, that's... That's good. Now they just gotta, you know, figure out ways to implement them into cake wallet and, and stuff like that. Uh, so, can you do it on the regular desktop cold wallet for the, the Monero GUI? Is that the one that yeah. you use? Or? Yeah. Okay. Seth, do you want to answer that a little bit? Yeah. So you have to you you still have to use command line essentially. So it's not super simple. You can't just do it like natively in the wallet. Um, You'll need a Monero address and a Bitcoin address, which you can get from whatever wallet you want. You can get the Monero address from Cake Wallet, but you still have to do it on the command line. So it's not, it's not super user friendly yet. It's it's gonna get better, and there's a nice website that simplifies the process where you can just copy and paste, and it'll handle everything else. But um, yeah, we'll get there. Hopefully, it'll be in Cake sooner rather than later. It'd be nice to have people be able to more simply swap back and forth. Oh yeah, definitely. So, so that drastically like lowers fees, correct? Um, it can, yeah. It really depends. I mean, you'll still have to pay fees on like the Bitcoin network. So, if fees on Bitcoin are high, it could still be problematic. Um, but you don't have to pay the fees of like the exchange, so it could end up being a lot cheaper. Um, it really just depends on who's willing to sell Monero and what price they want for it is really what will dictate how expensive or how cheap it is. Um, but right now, it's I think a little bit more expensive than using. Well, no, it's probably a little cheaper still than using an in, in wallet swap at the moment. But um, don't quote me on that. But yeah, I mean, most importantly, yeah, yeah. it creates a, a new avenue 
uh, an unstoppable way for exchanging between Bitcoin and Monero. So, uh, well, you know, I feel like this was how Bitcoin was supposed to be structured. No third parties. And um, exactly. it's finally coming to fruitation. Exactly. exactly. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, with time, I'm sure it'll be uh, easier for the average person to use, but that's, that's yeah. good. It's good news. Very early days, but we'll Very get there. Early. Yeah, it's, it's exciting to see. Um, yeah, but we're, we're excited for your fight, too. I just don't know if we're going to be able to hang in there for another hour. It's late over yeah, here. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no, no, no worries. We're glad we can be like a part of it. We're like just slowly dying. Yeah, maybe worst case, we just keep... Yeah. yeah, I think we'll just keep the stream going okay, for people yeah, that are watching. Yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're consistent viewers, so maybe we might just like... The, the person that you have filming it, can they can they get up close to the stage when you're when you're going? Um, let me like let me ask my buddy. You can ask, but it's it's like it's, it's a little out. difficult. Yeah. Okay. yeah. How many people are there? It's like sold out, sold out. Honestly, I'm not too sure. I want to say a couple thousand. Really? Wow. Amazing. Yeah. yeah no, it's, they got they got like a whole live band and all, and is they they went all out this time. Yeah, how was like how was the weigh-in? Uh, the weigh-in went well. Honestly, it went better than I thought it was gonna go. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was still real dehydrated, but I mean, I weighed in before where I thought I was gonna pass out before I got the scale, but it was it was nothing close to that. Uh, I was just getting kind of hangry, and uh, I just needed something to drink. Um, but other than that, it went great. Yeah, it went it went good. I'm I'm happy. So. I'm just, I just don't like, I, I don't like waiting. I wish I would have been the first fight, to be honest. Yeah, that's got to yeah, be like waiting. Yeah, it's like waiting, yeah. Yeah, that could always just, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I can't leave, I can't leave the little section I'm in, so I'm just kind of stuck here in a tenant area, waiting. <laughs> All right. Well, that's tough. You look like you're ready to go. I man. know you look like you're just ready to get it over <laughs> with. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna have fun now. I'm, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna enjoy myself in there. That's for sure. So, does anybody there know you're like into Monero and you're repping Cake Wallet? Is it is it kind of known among? Um, honestly, in this in this area, I'm not too sure. The promoter, yes. Yeah, I got him into Cake Wallet and Monero. Um. Uh, I got him into uh, I've got him into crypto actually, um, um, but I finally got him into Monero as well. But they're gonna know what Monero is. I'm gonna make it known uh, when I walk <laughs> out. <laughs> so don't know. <laughs> nice, man. Beautiful. If if they don't know, they're gonna know. So all right. Have them uh, have them download the the Kickball app. All I'll have to add that to my speech. That just that just clicked in my head. Oh yeah, so you're gonna say some word you mean before the fight? Uh, so when I'm in, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna have a little speech and I'll shout out. I'll tell you when to download Cake Wallet. Get on your Hello. phone right now and download this app. He's <laughs> <laughs> gonna love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they'll, they'll know about it. They'll know about it after this fight. <laughs> Very cool, man. Very cool. That's awesome. All right. Well, uh, I I wish you a, 
uh, a speedy wait. <laughs> Hope you get up there soon. I know. I mean, I might even buzz in uh, again, to be honest, because it's taking a long time. You're just like waiting uh, and waiting. Just waiting. Uh, I might yeah. even just buzz in like 10, once it hits the 10th fight, and then that's where I'm going to get. What fight is it up to right now? Uh, what I fight are you up to? I believe they're starting to You're what, 15? I'm 15. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. You can take a nice so, nap. But, <laughs> right? But at the same time, like, oh, everything's getting yeah. <laughs> in the first round or whatever, and it can go quick. But, yeah, I'll, I'll probably buzz in around round or uh, fight 10, and, you know, I'll probably just be doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. And then, and then once, and then once, and then once fight 10, 11 hit, that's when I'm going to start warming up then. Awesome. All right, buddy. Awesome. Yeah. If for some reason, we don't talk to you again. Obviously, good luck. Good <laughs> luck. Um, <laughs> you're right. We'll man. leave the stream on. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it's almost on. one o'clock in the morning <laughs> here. And we'll We're watch like the replay slowly. in the morning. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and there's going to be better films too. Yeah, there's going to be better footage. Uh, they actually set up um, like legit cameras with a little lifter, but for some okay. reason they weren't allowed to. Uh, uh, they weren't allowed to stream it or uh, put it on pay per view. So. Oh. Uh, so this okay. Is, okay. Yeah, this is the best we got right now. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well. Yeah. We're yeah. yeah it was good talking to y'all. You too. Thank you so much for jumping uh, on. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll probably I'll probably buzz back in here because, like I said, they're they're taking forever. But all right, all right, all right, right thanks for coming on. We're here. All right, all right, all right. appreciate you having me. All right. Thank you. All right, brother. All right, yep. of course. Bye. Yeah. Right. Right, well, that's cool. That's cool. Vic, uh, Vic is on. Hi, Vic. You can't log on, but that's really cool. That's awesome. That was good. Well, to jump on. Hold on, let's see. I can put the fight on. Yeah, just wish. Yeah. There you go. Fights, we gotta wait for I know, I don't know. We might just leave the stream on. It's a lot of fights, man. <laughs> That's a lot of fights. Don't tend to go. The, oh, God. Yeah, we started at 11. How's the, uh, so did the atomic swap go through? <laughs> I'll be back. We have progress. We have progress. Okay. We got the confirmation. That's long long as the atomic swap. <laughs> We're losing Sunita. <laughs> do you have yeah. a confirmation in Monero? Uh, we do. We have one out of ten so far. So it'll be oh, another... so it's happened basically. Yeah, it'll be okay. a while. We're just waiting for the Monero lock and then we'll be we'll be all set. So uh, obviously if you if we were to see uh I think if we were to see uh, an uptick in Monero's price um versus Bitcoin, we would start to see more provi Monero providers as well, right? Yeah, I would definitely think so. If we yeah. see a dramatic increase in the Monero to Bitcoin price, there'd be a lot yeah. of people. I mean, this is if you're not swapping immediately for like fiat, you're not going to dollars or whatever. This is, in my opinion, one of the best ways to acquire Bitcoin because you you don't have to worry about KYC, you don't have to worry about custodians. Again, I mean, just all the all the advantages of atomic swaps, and you can just throw in some Monero into the wallet of the ASB, spin it up, and walk away and over time you'll slowly 
slowly be buying Bitcoin with your Monero um, without having to really do anything. So it's a nice way to kind of dollar cost average in a sense over time as as buyers jump in to to buy your Monero. If what you want to do is move into Monero, out of Monero into Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that would just depend on the people. But I would expect that if we do have a drastic price increase, something like that. Oh, then yes, yes, absolutely. What's uh, Vic, we got Vic on? Can we got, can he jump on on camera? No, I think he said he does not have access. Oh, okay. He's like, like, I can't log on, but I'm watching. Hi, Vic. <laughs> Thank you for sponsoring our show. Thank you, Vic. Thanks for sponsoring yeah. uh, John. Oh, and also now that he's implemented implemented the the batch transactions, that was pretty awesome. I oh yeah. Sent. You tried that out. Though, yeah, right? I did. I yeah. tried it out. Sent some people some funds, and uh, it worked out really well, smoothly. Very cool. It was very easy. So it basically splits up the Monero transactions yeah, so that like you don't really... lock them all up. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, exactly it's a send to many. It's kind of the other yeah. normal nomenclature: single transaction, multiple recipients. Yeah, it was. It was. It was really like smooth. Uh, it was awesome. I was so happy. <laughs> I was very excited about this feature <laughs> when it was announced. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice quality of life improvement. And yeah, I don't definitely. think there's another mobile wallet that has it yet for Monero. So no, it was it nice was awesome. It's neat as a cake power user. Yeah, sure. very very excited. So thank you, Cake Wallet. <laughs> uh, anybody else want to jump up here? Anybody else want to chat? We got another four hours to go, guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, at least this is the, the slowest economic swap in history so far. Yes. You know? We're trying to buy some time here. Thank you, Bitcoin I mean, this, Network. This is an epic show. We got atomic swaps taking place. We got this MMA. Monero in the background. Yeah. So, so we had a change in the fees and the Bitcoin side. Is that basically what happened? Let's load it down. Uh, yeah, there was just a big rush. The block that I was going yeah. to be in, like someone published like fifteen hundred transactions at once. So, yeah, this I got, is some, I got kicked out. Yeah, this is something I've noticed with Bitcoin. I mean, it happened to me once, but I've also noticed is that there's suddenly people that want to flood the market. Um, it could be a minor. You know, there are attacks against the Bitcoin network would just flood it in order to raise fees. Yeah, I think it's, it's probably. I mean, most of the times I've heard this talked about, it's exchanges using like downtimes or low fee times to consolidate funds and wallets or to batch send to people who are doing withdrawals, that kind of thing. I know like BitMEX was famous for their terribly optimized transactions. They would just dump all at once onto the network and cause a lot of congestion. But yeah, we just had the block I was going to be in suddenly filled up Mm. and then no other block before it or after it was full. It's a targeted attack. They didn't want the atomic swap to happen. <laughs> didn't want it on stream. People are excited for this fight. I know. <laughs> a lot of people are staying up. I don't know if we are. I don't, I don't know. If, uh, we yeah. can keep it running, right? No, I, I think I was thinking about it. I think we just, yeah, keep it running live. I mean, for another. Yeah. I'll put my, I'll probably, you know, take Let's, a nice nap. Yeah, I, I have my advantage of uh, time zones. <laughs> Yeah, that's like it's, it's only like it's only like ten to ten. I know. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky. You <laughs> like dying over here. It's been a very long day. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like uh, I have to make up for it by getting up at insane hours in the morning if you want to work with anybody in Europe or in, on the East Coast. Yeah. That's cool. No, we're, uh, I don't know. I guess we'll like. Yeah, let's, let's, well, let's let's wait till the atomic swap goes through. Oh, yes. <laughs> if you <laughs> dare. Don't fail yet. Yeah. Well, God. Miner stopped. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're waiting for Monero, are we? We have a mm -hmm. tech confirmation on the Monero side? Yep, yep. Just yeah. waiting for the Monero lock transaction to go through. And then we'll exchange secrets. And I'll get access to the Monero. Uh, essentially, the private key for the Monero so that I can send that to myself. And he'll get the keys to the Bitcoin so that he can send that to himself and vice versa. It's really be good to go. Good to go. Exciting it stuff. definitely does not normally take this long for anyone watching. This is very abnormal. I haven't seen one take over 30, I think 37 minutes was my longest before this. So. Don't think that atomic swaps are normally this slow. <laughs> How long has it been already? Uh, I don't even know. A while. I think we started it maybe an hour ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, basically, if you have a slow block on the Bitcoin side combined with uh, a, a surge in transactions, then, uh, then you get that. I think it's just, you know, keeping us company during the stream. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more riveting than watching a, yes, a command line interface. Exactly. Just slowly in beautiful view. What you guys crypto um, and MMA fighting. We, we change topics for a second here. <laughs> What'd you guys think of the John Oliver thing? I don't think we spoke. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about that. I'm sure you did everybody. Seth, watch that? do you have an opinion? Arctic, do you have an opinion? Um I did briefly watch it. I didn't watch the whole thing. Um I think initially I was pretty negative on it, but talking to more people, I think the I think the really cool takeaway was that they played the old at this point, but still relevant Monero intro video in its entirety to a massive audience. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool. So regardless of all the the other stuff that he did, I think it's really important that that whole video got shared, that a lot of people got the got the exposure to Monero. Yeah. Um, obviously, unfortunately, he went the way that is normal for mainstream media, which is privacy is bad. Anybody who needs privacy is a criminal and any tool that can provide privacy is only used by criminals, which is utterly wrong. Uh, very, very frustrating. And it's a very common view that's, that's shared to large audiences. So it definitely was not unexpected, but still definitely sad to see the, the attack on privacy that is happening through normal kind of media outlets through shows like this, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, definitely cool that lots of people got exposed to Monero. I'm, I'm hopeful that a lot of people watched that, saw that and dug into Monero a little bit more to see what it can do for them. Um, and yeah, hopefully people saw through the blatant attempts to just downplay the need for privacy and drive home the consistent myth that privacy is only for for people who have something to hide or only for criminals, which is definitely not the case. Privacy is about being able to selectively reveal oneself to the world. And Monero is excellent at allowing you to, to choose what and with whom you, you expose any kind of financial details. Uh, it's really, really good at that. And it's probably the best tool that we have at this point. Um, so yeah, glad people got exposed sad the way that it was done, but 
it is to be expected and um we got to keep doing our part on education in smaller areas it's a narrative that basically i think in some ways responds to this idea that you're going to have to break privacy in order to address uh, demony laundering i mean this has been the the narrative to some degree that has been pursued yeah yeah if something provides privacy it's only going to be used by criminals or that they can't tell what's happening on it so they get scared but there is i think this dependency element on it too i mean if you if you if you're going to make determining um money laundering just on surveilling a public blockchain then obviously if you obfuscate the blockchain then you've broken the aml I mean that's that's the narrative that that has been pursued, and that's the narrative that uh, I find myself well realizing that you know we have to fight that narrative that somehow you in order to have to catch criminals you have to break privacy. Yeah, and specifically break financial privacy. I mean that's right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Because there are many been... other ways to track people down, many other ways to solve crimes, many other ways to catch money laundering and even the visibility into financial transactions has not led to large increases in catching of money laundering a lot of that stuff still happens it just happens in ways that's kind of brushed under the rug it's i think part of the problem is also is that there isn't the the cost analysis is, is this really worth what we're achieving from a um law enforcement perspective yeah i mean that's one of the bigger problems i mean if you the costs way exceed the actual benefit. Yeah, it's been some really interesting research around that. See kind of how much money is being spent on it and how much money is actually being, or how much money laundering is actually being caught and and or prevented. And it's, it's very it's, overwhelmingly poor. <laughs> they're spending the, way more than they're ever preventing. Well, part of the problem is it's not just that the spends, it's that the 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 cost is externalized. I mean, this is one of the things mm-hmm. that I have a big problem with is that you're not having a government agency going out there and spending all this money doing anti-money laundering. What in fact mm-hmm. is happening is that they're forcing the financial institutions and externalizing costs onto consumers and onto small businesses in all sorts of ways. And those are costs are hidden. In fact, one of the interesting things that we were looking at with the um, European anti-money laundering proposals is that it's the lack of a cost analysis hmm. of what those costs were. In fact, that's uh, an interesting element to that. And so you have a problem of, okay, so, so it's not only we're spending all this money, but we're forcing other people to spend the money and we're not accounting for that at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. That's what I've heard. I think Uri Bednar talks a lot about that idea of how, it ends up getting pushed out on onto financial institutions. And I mean, we see that in cryptocurrency with the actual exchanges being the ones who have to do the chain analysis rather than a government doing it or something like that. It's it's pushed to the the exchanges and they're pressured by their banking relationships to to actually do the chain analysis rather than the bank or rather than the governments behind that. So yeah, that's a really good point that it gets externalized to Eventually, I mean, it ends up costing the customer is who it ends up Basically, costing. Yeah, exactly. It costs you to, to verify that your transaction is not something they don't like. You're paying and yet, for it. And, and the classic example, I mean, uh, it just came out fairly recently. When Cybertrace said that they had some tool from Monero and they were charging $16,000 US per seat per year. Yeah. To license this thing. 
Well, Everybody, I'm surprised you guys are still going. I'm just going to jump in quickly on that and say that is very cheap as far as I'm concerned for these types of tools. So normally they cost a lot more than $16,000 a year. So I was utterly shocked to see them mention that in a press release. <laughs> yeah, yeah that was price mentioned either. Before. Yeah, but keep in mind that that's on top of someone who's already a licensed customer. It's already paying for the, all the other stuff. I mean, if it actually worked, that'd be pennies. That's why I'm skeptical. Of it actually, well, that—that's the problem. Is it doesn't actually work, and and this is the question. And it probably doesn't. So then it's very expensive. I mean, we're talking Monero here. So sorry. I mean, I don't want to derail the conversation too much. I'm just here. I just realized you guys are still going. How did the uh, yes. how did the fight go? The fight hasn't started yet. We're waiting for the fight. We're waiting for oh, the fight. Still waiting? Okay. He's yeah. only still on. Yeah. His fight is fifteen. So I think they're up to like at this point six. So like it's another like hour, hour yeah. and a half. I don't know if we're, we're gonna be, I don't know how yeah. long we're lasting. It'll just be the sleep stream. We might yeah, didn't everybody will be asleep. No, we didn't. It's like one o'clock in the morning here. Yeah, I'm we like the, slowly we were dying. At a beach party today. I know. <laughs> Yeah. What about what about uh Seth? Did you Seth? Did you do an atomic swap demo for everyone, or what? What happened? Yeah. Yes. In progress. We are nine confirmations on the Monero side. We're almost done. It was the slowest there. one I've seen so far because Bitcoin <laughs> oh, didn't like no, it. So no, that is yeah. not the slowest one you've seen so far. You need to just see that that uh uh that was it was the Monero coffee chat which that one or that one change the mining algorithm uh <laughs> it took like an hour for the uh, next yeah i forgot about that when we had the hard lives ways waiting for this we're like oh goodness and the funny thing was the viewership on the stream just kept going up and up and up and up because probably everyone was like what is going on with this network <laughs> so, that was no it's a pretty pretty epic show uh, it's the old congestion on the Monero. Oh, sorry, on the Bitcoin network. Yeah, Justin, we were talking about John Oliver as well. Yeah, what was your take? What on was your take? On that? I mean, yeah, it was a it was a, a a pretty weak show. I mean, so so full disclosure, I normally like his show. I actually watch. Yeah. I've been watching it for years. I'm, I'm generally a fan. I don't agree with. Everything he says, of course, but I think in general he has some good content. I think the ransomware uh, episode relative, relatively weak. I think it it was a difficult thing to make a show about because you're talking about corporate ransomware to an audience that is like a, a normal retail type user, right? So you have to like cover an actionable item that is basically used to a FA, but doesn't actually like solve the problem or address. Like it, it just didn't have a lot of the takeaways that you'd normally expect out of those types of episodes. And obviously response by email, uh, they, uh, they reached out ahead of time to the press at getmonero.org email. email. It, it, that is admirable for them to give a heads up, but include, include any of the information in the response. But overall, I do think it was sensitive to show, oh, I mean, at the end of the day, they showed a Monero promotional video to, to a crowd that would not have seen it before. So um, in, in a way that, sure, it was 
painted in a light that I think we're all very disappointed with, but it's not worse than normal press, <laughs> you know, <laughs> coverage of Monero. It's about in line rest, rest. So, you know, I wouldn't say it really hurt Monero that much. And uh, my friends and I were talking about it like a, a week later and I was like, Oh wow. That I forgot that happened like a whole week ago now. Like this has just been a non news issue after like, you know, the day after we're just like, yeah, okay, next. <laughs> right. So it's normal for Monero. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. One of those things where one of the one of the things that's that's your benefit is if you're constantly getting press cover press coverage that is so negative in terms of like Monero's ransomware, Monero for mining, or Monero for crypto jacking, or Monero for any sorts of things, and they're just not really contextualizing it. They're just talking about it in the context of this bad thing, and oh look, Monero makes that bad thing scarier. Like you've nowhere to really go but up in terms of in terms of the uh, the press coverage eventually. So um, it, I don't think this worse than Monero's situation, frankly. And I think it probably was a net positive, to be completely honest. And that doesn't mean I like the episode. I thought it was a, a weak episode overall, to be honest. But it uh, whatever, whatever. It is what it is. We'll live. We'll survive. It's not nearly as bad as some of the press we've had in the past. So <laughs> I definitely yeah. think it's definitely a net positive, one hundred percent. I mean, it's getting the word out about Monero. You know, it's people people will go Google it. They'll go check it out. So um, I did I, comment in uh, the last week's night subreddit to be like, "Hey, I'm a you know generally I like the show, and I also am a supporter of Monero and privacy. I'm going to out you know you know some my opinion my opinion on this matter and it certainly got mixed review, like mixed feedback um, where people get, got that little thing on Reddit where it's like, this is a controversial comment, <laughs> but um, even so, uh, I don't know, a few, conversation, a few conversations with people and at least put something there or if someone was looking at it further, they stumble across someone, across someone, oh, you know, oh, you know, <laughs> let's be cautious here, but it's, uh, it's, I, I, without going down further rabbit holes, I think it was just net positive. Yeah, definitely agree. Even just with sending it to friends and family, like, hey, check it out. Monero yeah. is on John Oliver. People are like, what? Like, oh, like, really? well, yeah. So you don't. <laughs> like, it was really on it? Like, you just met, like, like, they just talked about cryptocurrency or they actually mentioned Monero? Like, no, they played, like, the Monero promo video on, like, so it. I, people are impressed by that. So. It was a, it was actually really funny. My my brother, my youngest brother, just started um, like third year of high school, um, and uh, the day after, so that Monday, and he was in class with the teacher had, had me and my other brother um, already, and so he asked, he's like, "So, Justin do Justin doing with Monero?" I'm like, <laughs> I, on that Monday, this <laughs> so, was was kind of funny. That's so funny. That's awesome. We yeah, have a completed atomic swap. <laughs> we completed Thanks, it. <laughs> We're done. All We're right. Hold on. Let me show the screen. Hold on. Can I? Oh, there you go. I've got Monero in my cake wallet. What? What? Very it only cool, took man. 59 minutes, 46 seconds. There you no, go. No Not too parties. shabby. No third party and no custodian. No trust in the other the other person in the trade. Pretty awesome. Even even taking an hour, which like I said is far longer than the norm. Even taking an hour, that's a pretty awesome way to do that. And I could have obviously 
in a normal world, I would have just started it, walked away, done whatever I wanted, or <laughs> had it running in the background, but or hung out with whatever. <laughs> what other? So, what was the exchange rate? Uh, the exchange rate was. Sorry, I'm trying to track down where it actually says. Um. Point zero zero six one nine one eight five. Six one nine eight five. Let me see what the so current a, is. Or no, I'm but I'm see. getting on Polonix, I'm getting right now zero 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 five eight seven full. Yeah, it's a bit above market. This is the cheapest seller right now. There was one that was a little bit cheaper, but I, this is still a bit above market price at the moment. James is saying two more atomic swaps and John will start his fight. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Y'all feel free to demo another one. So the Monero people are putting a premium on this, is what you're saying? Let's yeah, absolutely. Let's swap it. Yeah, the makers are going to charge for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to, like, there's multiple things. I mean, I mentioned this when I announced that I was doing this. Like, there's a lot of overhead. There's a lot of work that goes into setting up the seller. There's a lot of just potential risk with, especially, I mean, it's a new new piece of software. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's a cutting edge tech. So the sellers are generally ones taking on the risk. And obviously they have to care about what happens with the Bitcoin afterwards, which Bitcoin is a lot harder to handle than Monero is. So I understand the the amount or the the price being higher than a centralized exchange. And I think it, I think it will persist. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we stay at like, Three to five percent would be probably where I see it settling, but that'll really just depend. I mean, it it depends on what kind of value Bitcoiners put on the swap and how many Monero users are willing to jump in. Well, I mean, if you look at the mid market rate on on the swap versus the mid market rate on a KYC exchange, that'd be an interesting question to look at. Yeah, yeah, and there was a seller that was like, I think. Four percent or five percent above market earlier today. So they come back. That'll definitely be the the cheapest option for doing this. Um, but essentially, there's a premium on Monero right now. Is what you're saying? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, just just to be super clear, there's a premium premium Monero because that's what the maker sets the price as. It doesn't necessarily mean people are taking the price. They are taking the price. I mean, I've seen them take the price. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not. I am not either of the other sellers, so I don't know how much they've been involved in. But I have had people swapping um, since I opened this up. So there definitely are people out there. It's not like massive swarms that I've seen. But I think also as we have more sellers and as we have the spread going down because more sellers are competing in in price. We'll see more and more people jump in. And this is, I mean, this is before there's any integrations. Cake Wallet doesn't support it. Samurai Wallet doesn't support it. There's no GUI support. There's a lot of overhead for people getting into this. Um, and we're already still seeing lots of people jumping in. So I would only expect that to go up as the tools get easier and easier to use on the, the buyer side. 100%. Well, that should improve the liquidity. But the question is, mm. is there going to be a difference in the mid-market rate on the swap versus the mid-market rate on a KYC exchange? That more depends on the seller side. So I think the key on the seller side to increasing liquidity is 
just people seeing the value and providing it on ramp into Monero and the toolkit becoming easier to use. Um, like I've said on Twitter, I'm going to try to write up a guide for setting up the seller software. Um, and I'm going to try to put all of the seller software, Monero Wallet RPC, Monero D, all of that into a Docker Compose so that people can easily spin up the whole toolkit. Um, just simplify the process a little bit for people, hopefully to incentivize people or at least to remove some of the overhead of jumping in as a Monero seller. But it really just depends on if people are willing to do that, and it'll depend on if an actual market maker gets involved. Um, obviously, it doesn't really matter to me if a market maker does or not, but it would be nice to have that steady liquidity available for those people who do want to swap into Monero. Because um, obviously, if it's purely peer-to-peer and there's no kind of official market maker running it, uh, liquidity could be sparse or could just be intermittent. I mean, it could de- just depend on when you go to swap, what the liquidity is like, it could, could differ, but um, it's been cool to see people jumping in as sellers. It's been cool to see people jumping in as buyers. I've had many people reach out. Um, everybody who's been jumping in early has been super helpful because they've helped to track down bugs and quirks and edge cases. And um, I've been opening up tons of GitHub issues for all the things that we've caught, all the potential improvements, quality of life improvements, feature requests, stuff like that. So everybody who's jumped in quickly early on as they're taking a risk, they're putting in time, but they're helping to to make the, the base for atomic swaps much stronger in the future um, and helping to improve how atomic swaps will be for people tomorrow, a year from now, five years from now, however far down the line. Um, so glad that people jumped in pretty quickly to to test this out. Glad people used my seller to test it out. I'll probably shut that down soon, but um, it's been good to, good to see people diving in. Good to, to test that and to kind of be the first. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I think we're helping along just by doing the show, showing people how you know it's it's doable. It's very yeah. Simple. And I did this the hardest way possible. Yeah. So, like I said, the the easiest way if you want to jump into this is just go to unstoppableswap.net. Mm-hmm. Choose the swap provider you want to use. It'll list the the rate and everything, and then it'll guide you through the process. It'll give you the exact commands you need to copy and paste. It's it's a much simpler process and. Also, if you need some help with how that process actually works, just go to SethForPrivacy.com, click on the guides button at the top, uh, and then the top guide will be the the one that I wrote. It's just a very simple guide to to doing those swaps. Um, but it's a, a cool thing to test out. And if you do want to test it out on like testnet or stagenet, you can, but it can be a little bit more complex. Um, and obviously mainnet's fun because you're playing for your money. Monero, Monero's price is uh, creeping up a little bit. I'll start atomic swapping when we hit the five hundred dollar range. Well, it, it, it sounds to me like the uh, that interview didn't really have a negative impact on the on the price, in particular when you look at the um, yeah John Oliver. Yes. Yeah, no, I mean, I think all the things you're saying, you know, it's 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 just going to bring more exposure. It's I don't see how it could possibly have a negative effect. Somebody's asking a good question. How about a lightning Bitcoin? Uh, atomic swap to Monero is that doable? Not right now. I what? I don't want to misspeak, so just take this with a huge grain of salt. I think that Farcaster, which is the other atomic swap project and protocol, it's being built out. They're building it out with a Lightning specific toolkit as kind of the base, and I think that they were planning on having Lightning to Monero atomic swap support. But I could be totally wrong on that. I think even if they don't have it, it will be easier to build into the the Farcaster toolkit. Mm-hmm. So I'd expect to see it there at some point. Um, 
But the focus is going to be Bitcoin. It's not going to be Lightning, as far as I know. Um, and I think that's the greater need at this point, anyways. But um, what other? Go ahead, Arctic. Well, one of the things that I notice is Lightning is about one one hundredth of the market cap of Monero. I mean, how much Bitcoin is actually in Lightning? Not much comparatively. I don't. I don't know what it is now. I think it's about fifty million or hundred million, something like that. US. I think it's grown quite a bit lately, but I'm not sure current. Let me see if I can tell. I saw some site where they say it was about fifty to hundred million, but. What other coins do you think we'll start seeing uh, swap capability with Monero? I mean, um, like, like it, anybody? Do we know any of any of the projects that are being worked on? You know, like do we, with Monero swapping. Yeah, Monero to you know Ethereum, Monero to Doge. I mean, is it is this something that's being considered or worked on? Or the only one I know of that has any plans or has talked about it is Decred. They've talked about implementing Monero atomic swaps into there. They have like an atomic swap centric uh, decentralized exchange where they kind of just, they host an order book and simplify some pieces of the process. I know they've said they want to support Monero swaps, but they haven't really been proactive that I've seen on jumping into that. But now that I've demoed that, I know that a couple people jumped in on Twitter and said that that they want to get things moving. So they said they have all the resources they need. So hopefully they'll do that. I mean, I'll never, never be upset with someone else supporting swapping to Monero. Um, so that would be, that would be cool to see. I don't know of any other coins that, that have plans to do that at this point. As far as I know, I mean, a lot of the Bitcoin forks would be relatively easy to set this up for. I don't think there would be a lot of complexity in setting it up against like Bitcoin cash, that kind of thing. But I, well, I could be wrong. The, the, my understanding on this is that you need SegWit. On the Bitcoin side. Hmm. Now, maybe I said to be corrected on that. Yeah, I mean, I know Farcaster will require a taproot. So that would be another. Well, that, may, that makes sense. Would break. Well, I think that makes sense because basically taproot would basically provide a lot of necessary privacy. So I can see that. Yeah. But SegWit, uh, I think, is a requirement right now, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think, think you're right, but I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. Which essentially would would preclude Bitcoin Cash, but not Litecoin. Yeah, I was going to say Litecoin. I think it'd be very easy to implement Litecoin, right? Given the similarity. I would think so, yeah. Yeah, because it's, but Bitcoin Cash doesn't support Segway. So so that's the difference there. But my understanding is Segway was required for for, for, for the, uh, on the, uh, uh, for the Bitcoin side. Yeah, and just so people are aware, there's, there's two, there's a central protocol that's being used for atomic swaps between bitcoin and monero but the actual implementation is being done two different ways part of it is or one of the ways is by the team called comet network um, and they've been building these out for a while and that's the that's the actual toolkit that we're using that i used tonight and that um that you can use today on mainnet the other implementation is being done by people on a project called farcaster and that's the one that's going to be built on Taproot, so it'll only be usable on Bitcoin after Taproot deploys, which I think is like mid-November. And then obviously whenever the implementation is done, theirs is not ready to actually um, to actually be used yet. They're still building out the, the framework around that, but it's going to be a very different implementation, and they're kind of going a lot more from the ground up. Um, so that'll be, that'll be good to see, and it's always good to have multiple implementations. So hopefully we'll get that. Get that rolled out soon, but I think I'm gonna go, gonna go ahead out.
All right. Are you man. sure you want to stay longer? Maybe do another it. atomic swap. <laughs> <laughs> next time. Next time. It's going to be longer than the fight, depending on the Bitcoin network. <laughs> it's, it's a race. Can we get through 10 fighters? I or don't one know. Bitcoin We're probably up to like fight like six still. <laughs> I, mean, I would. I would. I think I think of the, the fight I, would win over the Bitcoin network. <laughs> I'm just biased on this, though. I mean, I'm biased on the slowness and the lack of scalability of Bitcoin. So, <laughs> so well, thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks no, for thank having me on. Cool to demo that. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah, yeah thank you all for hosting, as always. Hopefully, the fight goes well. I will catch the, catch the recording <laughs> later. <laughs> Tomorrow morning. I will not be watching live, but kudos to everyone that watches yeah, watch it live. <laughs> We will probably be doing the same. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it on for those that want to watch it. But you know, J James here is gung ho. I know you can watch it, James. We'll leave it on for you. <laughs> Night, everybody. All going. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye. Good night. So much. Bye. Thank you so much, man. Thanks. Thank you, Justin. You're still with us. So, J has James ever been on? I see. I always see James. Uh, James, have you ever I think he was jumped on earlier? Live? I think so. Yeah, I think he has actually, like briefly, like in the beginning, earlier episodes. James, jump on live if you if you want. If you want to talk to everyone and to us, I've never shown I've my never face. Shown my face. Okay, right? so then I'm lying. Yeah, sorry, I just lied on air. Okay, I felt like he was on, but yeah, no, yeah. I feel, well, I feel like we, we know him Yeah, so I feel well, like I've so known him. Yeah, we know you so well. <laughs> he's hideous. Oh, come on. <laughs> no Monero user is hideous. We're no. all beautiful people. <laughs> We're all gorgeous people. <laughs> okay, with that being said, I think I'm going to, I personally am going okay. to call it a night. You're going to call it? <laughs> well, we'll leave the stream on for those that do want to watch the fight. You guys want to watch the fight? There are 25 viewers right now. Do you want us to leave it on? <laughs> well, let's up to you. Whatever you guys want to do. Like I'm on the on the less stressful time zone, but it seems not a good late for me. Yeah, yeah, it's one twenty over here. Um, yeah, so you know. I think yeah. Maybe, I think maybe we'll, you want to check in with him one more time. Do you want to try to get him to jump on one more time? Yeah, that'd be an idea and see if we got an ETA. Oh yeah, sure. Let me see. If I, can I don't think the ETA is going to be too. Right? No, he's going to be like, "We're at fight <laughs> seven. <laughs> <laughs> they actually added some extra fights. <laughs> doing jujitsu in the middle of it. Too. I know. Come on, again. No, I, 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 I just wanted to check in and say hi. I didn't realize it. Was I know. So We're late. still on. We're pulling off a Justin uh, Monero Twitter yeah. space. <laughs> we can't commit. Yeah. What was your record, Justin? Yeah. What was your record? Like eight hundred hours. <laughs> What I didn't, I did not do an eight hundred hours. I'm obviously oh, oh. kidding. It's called exaggeration. Oh, yeah, the record, the record was eight hours. It <laughs> was it was hours. hours. I wasn't uh, that off. I just added a couple of zeros. <laughs> <laughs> we could do an eight-hour show, but not starting. Not at... starting at eleven o'clock <laughs> at night. Yeah, like after, I'm just like, dying. A very long day. <laughs> Yeah, we were at the beach. Thankfully, it wasn't that sunny Notice we're over not, here. We're, not, we're just hydrating right yeah, now. We were yeah. dehydrated on the beach. And it wasn't even that sunny. No, it wasn't. This hurricane is coming. Yeah, we got a hurricane coming our way, too. Yeah.
So oh. not like Hurricane. That right yeah. yeah. I, think, I think we'll all be fine. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. Um, yeah, I don't know. Messaging him. Let's see if he gets back to us. He's probably like prepping at this moment. He's maybe in the zone. Yeah, we don't want to throw. Yeah, I know. Poor guy. We don't. Like, okay, let's just leave it at that. I'll be like, you know what? <laughs> no worries. I know. Poor guy. Yeah, let him, let him focus. Okay. <laughs> did you tell me to reach out to him? Yeah, all, right. all right. So I guess let's. Well, did, you, did you send a message? Yeah, I did. But then I, yeah, yeah, I sent it to him. But then I said, no worries. I focus think- on. <laughs> I wanted to see his well. It's not like we oh, hear yeah. his Monero speech, though. Or huh? he said he was going to try to mention Monero when he went. Well, up. I guess when I leave it um, streaming, let me put the noise right now because right now I haven't muted. Let me see how it sounds. I guess I'll leave it like that. that one Maybe uh, message him to tell him they can get a close to the stage if it goes up. No, he said he, he can't. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, let's meet him for a second. Try to get him on one more time. Poor guy. Oh, uh, yeah, it's okay. He's not. Okay. As long as he doesn't interfere with his preparation and yeah, I don't want to warm up and all that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, so I guess let's call it a night, but we'll leave the stream sure. going. Yeah. We'll put the sound on for those that want to continue watching. Um, I guess I'll put an alarm on for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so I know like to come to my computer and shut it off. Otherwise, it's going to be like I mean, just, a blank just screen. Just in an article, you, you guys don't want to stay on. Keep going, do you? No, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I'm actually starting to get... Come on, yeah. Justin. You got it in yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I think we should sort of call it a night. Vic, Vic popped in for like Yeah, for like two seconds. He was like, hello, goodbye. Yeah, it's like one thirty in the morning over here. In New York. Yeah, it's getting to even 11 here. Yeah, so 10.30. What time is it where you are? Well, I'm in Central, so it's 12.30. 1230, yeah. So I'm two hours. So 10 30. Well, okay, so I guess uh we shall call it a night. Yeah. Sounds good. Or I will call it. If you want to stay and continue chatting, be my guest. I'm leaving. We're gonna keep it rolling. Though. Yeah, we're gonna keep it rolling. Uh we're gonna put the sound on yep. and I'm assuming it'll be over in two hours. So I will be shutting it off. I feel we're going to wake up to some epic news. Mon- I know, Monero will be at like $500. The the fight was won. It's, I know. Yeah. We're like <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We're fast asleep. Yeah. We're, we're, I know. <laughs> like, at least we have it on record. Dreaming about Monero, of course. but Yes, always. Well, I, I know you All are, right, guys. This is awesome. I, I know. Thanks show. so much for. Uh, I wish we had more steam. But... Well, I, thank you. Yeah. Thank no, you, Art. Thank thanks you for guys for jumping on. Justin, thanks for, for jumping on here. For saying hello at a late hour. And for those, as long uh, as I'm on for longer than Vic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you were. You were. <laughs> Vic was like, I, Vic didn't even come on. He was uh, in Wait, the James chat. James is saying he can't hear all of a sudden. You can't hear it. You can't no hear sound. us? Justin and every Arctic, can you hear us? I can hear well, you. I can hear you fine. Okay. 
No problem. I don't know why James is not here. Let's. I'm gonna put the sound on and just let me know yeah. if you guys hear it. Hold on. Can you, can you guys hear that? Yep. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Okay. All, All right. right. Thank night, you guys. guys. Uh, thank you. Good yeah. Good night, everyone. Good yeah. night. Night. Enjoy the show. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to monerotalk.live slash subscribe for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show, and we are always happy to read them. So thanks so much, and we look forward to being back next week.